Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you. Busy show today. Uh, some of our favorite regulars jumping on. We'll uh, get the latest from uh, Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun. And Brandon Rowicki is going to jump on as well. Take, uh, you know, get their pulse on the uh, hockey scene heading into the Young Stars Tournament on the weekend. As well as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And uh, I know Rowicki is a big Philly guy. So looking forward to talking to him about this Monday nighter we've got tonight between the Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles to kick off week two in the NFL as well. And uh, we got to talk some Bombers too. Blue and gold heading out to Hamilton to take on the Ticats on Saturday. Team will leave tomorrow. Mike O'Shea speaking at 2 p.m. this afternoon. And our good friend Eddie Tate of BlueBombers.com I think is going to jump on a little bit after that to uh, give us the latest on the Bombers. They look to get a big win in Hamilton into the bye week. And then it is Toronto. Andrew Harris, Toronto Argos, the number one team by record in the CFL coming to Winnipeg on the 29th of September. So we will get to all of that. Man, we had a great night last night. Um, we'll touch on that in a minute. But, of course, I do want to thank all of our sponsors, including the folks at Little Brown Jug, who were just so awesome last night, helping us put on another sold-out sports trivia event out at Little Brown Jug. Also want to thank Aikens Lake and Breezy Bend, Assiniboia Downs, Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, new lock shops up, just finished up with Dusty and Patty. You can check that over on the EST feed. Um, our friends at Consolidated Supply, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, F Apparel, Nick and Nikki DQ, and of course the gang out of Modern Man Barbershop, Aquatech, Manitoba Battery, and Canadian Club. Let's get uh, Remus in here. Welcome to everybody that's with us in chat. Hit that thumbs up if you would be so kind and make sure you subscribe to the channel as we keep on inching closer to 10K. Let's get Remus in here. Remo, how you doing? What uh, what an awesome time we all had last night. Yeah, 10K, 10K. We're trying hard <laughs> to get there. I put out another video today, you and Murad talking about Declan Chisholm's new contract. We're so focused here on the Jets' <laughs> battle for that 7th, 8th defenseman spot. But last night, a little brown jug. It was awesome. I mean, these trivia nights are, they're an event. Uh, people are coming out. You know, if you're a trivia buff or not, some guys were said they were studying for it. Shout out to Real Deal Neil and yes. friends, uh, the winners of the first one. We had the young rabbis who are always in contention. We had new champions, uh, new champions yesterday. But great night. Great seeing everyone. So many of the regulars in chat. And we hope to do more. It's great. I mean, it's amazing how we're bringing so many people together, whether you're the podcast or on YouTube or you're chatting. We're not. We're all, you know, all fans of the Jets, Bombers, and uh, enjoy hanging out, talking sports. So great to see so many people. Shout out to Marshall in from L.A. Uh, with his wife. That was that was great oh, to see him. Marshall coming in. Marshall uh, is a golf pro, and uh, <laughs> listen, he took on a lot of a lot of tall tasks over the course of his time in Winnipeg, fixing Kenny's putting. Mm, and it. which I mean, if any of you have golfed with Ken this year, you'll realize the guy's hitting the ball, striping it, playing great, and just was melting down on the greens. Uh, and apparently, a full inquiry into the golf game of one Sean Reynolds happening today. Oh, to breezy bend with the fellas, and a special shout out to Rennie and Pat Kanuga 
who came out and uh, had to leave a little early, but Pat gets a pass considering he's up at four in the morning every day to do the uh, morning show over at CBC Radio. Uh, and we should also give a big thanks to Waiters. Great to meet Waiters. Uh, and listen, we had actually met him before, but you know it was at the Kenny and Rennie event, actually, um, out at TCB. And met so many people that night. Um, but Waiters was particularly helpful um, at the end of the night when we were, uh, you know, kind of taking some stuff down. By the way, shout out to you, Miss. The new Winnipeg Sports Talk backroom, background or backdrop, if you will, was a great addition to the uh, to the squad last night. Yeah, let me pull it up. Uh, pull it up here. You know, we're accumulating uh, so much stuff. So when we go on location, it kind of looks like. Uh, we we know what we're doing here. This looks like a legitimate operation. Like we're not just two guys in our basement uh, talking about sports. There you are getting the mic set up. We got the nice banner there. That was from last year. Now we got this sweet backdrop for when we go places. Uh, we can look legitimate. So uh, I'm pumped to have that now as uh, the WST stuff accumulates in my house. It started the cords. And everything starting to pile up. Well, and it's uh, it's perfect timing to, to get that, obviously, for last night over at Little Brown Jug. But also, we're going to be set up, and uh, hopefully we'll see a whole whack load of you, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday at Winnipeg Jets Fan Fest out at the Hockey for All Center. Um, and one of the things that we'll be able to do, and we'll be able to chat with many of you if we didn't get a chance to see you last night at Little Brown Jug, and again, thanks to everyone to join us is uh, to get the latest on the uh, on the pack, the Winnipeg Sports Talk four game pack for the upcoming season. Um, shout out to Kevin, just sent us a message. He just got locked in on a couple. And uh, by the way, T. Conopoli, if you're listening, I know you were inquiring about something on that. I've got some good news. We'll hit you up off air and try and get arrangements on that. But you know what? While we're kind of getting into that, I may as well give a uh, well. We'll just see. See, here's some of the pictures that. that Patio at LBJ was just, I mean, it's such a perfect place to do that. Mother Nature cooperating with a beautiful night for all of this. And um, yeah, it was just, a, it was a great night. Shout out to How I Met Your Mother, who was the winners of the trivia night last night. They're the boys, a couple guys I know quite well, Scott, Braxton, uh, Hugh. Uh, and it was an incredibly tight battle. And I think it was that group, Reem, uh, maybe not the uh, every one of the same guys, that actually tied the young rabbi's last event. Um, so How I Met Your Mother ended up with 63 points. The rabbis were 62. Uh, we, we have really created an incredible sports trivia rivalry that mm -hmm. continues on and will continue on when we do this again into the new year, I'm sure, some point over at Little Brown Jug. But uh, uh, it was tight, it was fun, it was well attended, and uh, I think everybody had a heck of a great time. So thank you again to everyone. We sold this sucker out like three weeks in advance. Um, but uh, you know, we just keep on growing the WST community that started here in the YouTube chat. And uh, it's great to see people getting together in real life and uh, a lot of friendships and people that uh, hadn't been together. Great to meet Randy D last night. Um, he and Cowboy played together, and again, Kabilis jumped on their team. Uh, it was just uh, couldn't gone much better last night, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Every table had someone sitting at it, and showed it to. I think it was how I how I meet your mother with the uh, M 
M E A T. I'm not sure about that remake. Okay, we'll go with how I made. <laughs> I talked to those guys. They were pretty rattled about. I think were they tied for first with the young rabbis, and that's what they told me. But they yeah, uh, came in, up in, uh, in the first uh, in, in sports trivia night two. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It and was they came out, and, uh, so they got well, it by one. Well done on the questions, Huss. I'm always impressed how you come up with these. Uh, can't be easy. Delivered very well. And, you know, we're looking to keep this going and advancing. I, you know, talked with Kevin from Little Brown Jug. He was very impressed with the turnout, and hopefully we can do more stuff. Uh, and i I got to say, enjoyed their new uh, Hazy IPA. That was my my pick. I see you guys are holding the generic there. You've got this lovely generic lager hat yeah, on today. Lid. Yeah, check out that hat. Oh, that was a nice one. So I love uh, the trucker looking, hats. Looking forward to our return. That was that was fun. I'm enjoy, enjoying the trivia night. Yeah, no doubt. And one other thing we did last night, we had a little fun with it, but um, we figured that that was a perfect opportunity to welcome a uh, new member of the WST team um, in the form of uh, uh, an official public welcome for uh, for Connor Hrabchak, who's uh, jumping on board with us. Connor, you may recognize from some of his content for the Level Flight broadcast, um, we've just been so impressed with Connor and the work that he's been doing. He's in a program right now where um, he's got to get some hours, and uh, we figured, what the heck? Let's uh, let's make Connor Hrabchuk our number one draft pick last night, complete with the jersey and the draft cap ream. And uh, Connor's going to be jumping in with us, um, you know, learning a whole bunch of things behind the scenes, probably doing some content with us as well throughout the year. A really talented young guy, and you know. Uh, Listen, we, we've got generations here. I'm a bit older than you. We wanted to get some young blood in, and uh, he's really enthusiastic, uh, fired up to get going, and uh, he was a big help last night as well with a bunch of the photos to come out. So uh, I, thought, I thought it was a perfect way to give our first, uh, our, our, our first addition to the team a proper WST welcome the way we did it last night. Yeah, we introduced him, gave him the official draft pick. Uh, introduction with the handshake presented him with the hoodie and the draft cap uh, here's the handshake pretty pretty well <laughs> well done here this was awesome if you're on the podcast uh, tune into these pictures i'll post some on instagram later and yeah connor's gonna come to my house tomorrow huss and he's gonna see how things done or things are done here in my basement, in this uh, what used to be a spare bedroom, I told my wife Connor was coming. She's like, "Make sure it's clean. Make sure it's tidied up." So I'll be spending this evening uh, getting it ready so I can have. Yes, there's just I still haven't unpacked from the draft. Us, uh, there's like cords. <laughs> that was a couple months ago. There's like cords everywhere in here. Listen, I can't. I can't talk at all. I think I had my suitcase uh, not untouched for about two months after I came back from Qatar. So uh, no heat <laughs> on Qatar. that. <laughs> no <laughs> heat on that. Um, but anyways, we'll meet Connor tomorrow. He'll jump on and be doing a bunch of stuff behind the scenes, learning kind of the entire WST operation and uh, really excited to have Connor on board. So uh, there's a little wrap of everything we did last night out at uh, out at um, a Little Brown Jug and uh, just seeing some great uh, some great comments in the chat. Um, from everybody that uh, that came out. Oh, I see Spency. Spency had a great, great outfit last night. Um, not quite the uh, fur coat that he and his boys did. They were one of the original guys to wear the fur coats to the game after Strebler, uh, the, the infamous 
or famous, I should say, Grey Cup celebration. Um, so yeah, great night. Special shout out to the gang over at Little Brown Jug. Um, and, and listen, just while we're on the topic, Remo, why don't you pull it up? If people haven't heard, um, you know, we were talking about it last night. A number of folks that were attending are already in on our Winnipeg Sports Talk four-game pack for the Winnipeg Jets. If you're listening on the podcast, what you're going to want to do is head on over to winnipegsportstalk.com and just click on the link right there. If you're with us, if you're watching on YouTube, there's a link in the description. Um, but we've worked with the Winnipeg Jets on a four-game pack and my favorite section, section 316, uh, and the response has been amazing. Um, so we've actually had to open up, and not had to, but we've uh, been able to get more seats across the aisle in section 317. Four awesome games. It's going to be the Kings, Pierre-Luc Dubois' return on the Tuesday, October 17th. McDavid and the Oilers, Thursday, November 30th. The Leaf game, Saturday night, HNIC, Jan 27th. And then a huge game, potentially near the end of the season, a Thursday night, April 4th, against the Calgary Flames. The package is $375, taxes in. You'll get a free drink, a beer, pop or soda with every at every game. Uh, and that'll be done through the Winnipeg Jets app. Um, and we're going to have early entry for WSTers. We're going to gather together in that bar right outside the uh, right outside the section. Uh, and much like last night, I mean, a great chance to get together with friends. Thanks to everyone that's jumped on this already. And if you haven't, do it. Let's join us. Uh, four awesome games. And um, obviously, if you got questions about it, you can let us know on that. But um, just click on the link. It is all there right now. Great response so far. And uh, we'd love to uh, keep on growing our need for more seats as uh, as this gets going. So it uh, should be a lot of fun, Remo. And uh, I know you, I mean, I certainly heard it a lot from folks last night of how excited people are to uh, have sort of a unique way to get together and, uh, you know, cheer on the home team. Yeah, I talked to a number of people maybe who had groups, you know, group before, fell apart or wanted to get to a couple games. And, I mean, you look at buying a, a single ticket for this Leafs game, uh, I mean, they really jack it up because that's an A game. But you buy them at a, as a pack, it's actually a pretty good value. And everyone knows that we picked the best four-game pack that you can possibly make. Uh, you know, I think the pack Shout rankings out to us. are the, yeah, the pack rankings are out, so... Uh, our pack is, is the best one you can do with the Dubois game, McDavid, uh, the Leafs Saturday night, and this Flames game, which in April on a Thursday night, basically a Friday. I mean, it's almost summer then and uh, probably going to be playoff implications, at least we're hoping or, or thinking, you know, based on how the season's projected. So looking forward to getting out with everyone and that we'll have a nice pre-party and get in the seats. People are coming up with chants. I'm going to bring my thank you PLD. Sign. <laughs> thank but you, thank- Pat Brisson and yeah, PLD. Yeah, thank you, Courtesy Pat. Br- of WST yeah, for thank all the you. content you delivered us over the course of the last two years. Yeah, thank you, Pat Brisson is going to be a sign. <laughs> Hopefully, they let me in, and uh, <laughs> we'll have we'll have some fun with it. I'm already planning my my outfits. Us might have to get some like jerseys customized. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, anyways, uh, the link is in the description, winnipegsportstalk.com. If you're listening on the podcast, jump on it, uh, grab some friends, want to get it for your business uh, go to a couple games, maybe use them for, um, for other purposes. If you don't make all four of them, it's a great deal with a great crew in a great section. Let's do it for this upcoming season. All right. We uh, are going to talk bombers and we're also going to be talking, um, and hearing a little bit from, uh, Chaz Lucius, 
as well as Colby Barlow. Big shout out to Dave Manuk of Illegal Curve. Dave is uh, on it right from the get-go, day one, down there each and every day. And of course, nobody covers the moose better than Dave. And I think a number of these players that you know we're kind of focusing on right now are going to be members of the Manitoba Moose next year. Colby Barlow, of course, doesn't have that opportunity as a CHL drafted player. If he's not on the Winnipeg Jets, he goes back to the uh, Ontario Hockey League, presumably to uh, continue being the captain of the Owen Sound attack. But we will get to those guys coming up in a little bit. But uh, Scott Billick's going to jump on first. Then we're going to talk to Brandon Rewicki, and uh, we'll get a bomber update from Eddie Tate a little bit later on. And we'll hit the cool bet lines and talk a little bit more about this Vikings-Eagles uh, game coming up a little later on tonight. All right, listen, before we get Billick jumping on with us, um, i got to give a big shout-out to our friends over at Modern Man Barbershops. Guys, if you need to uh, get the lettuce taken care of heading into uh, the fall, only one place to go, and that is, well, actually, there's eight places to go because Modern Man Barbershop now has eight locations in the city of Winnipeg with one conveniently located near you, including the newest locations on Pemina Highway or Plessy Road. Modern Man's got you covered with a variety of uh, grooming services, fellas. Haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Credible selection of men's products, hair care products as well. Get on down there or book your look and make an appointment via modernmanbarber.com at the most convenient Modern Man location uh, to you. Listen, it's been a great... We, I, I'd heard rumors that it was going to be 33-32 that on uh, Sunday and Monday. That forecast has changed a little bit, but uh, pool season's pretty much finishing up. But the gang at Aquatech have so much more than just being the leaders in above-ground and in-ground pools. Uh, and, of course, they've got renovations, uh, kitchen, bathroom. Maybe you need a new man cave. But this is the week to head on down to Aquatech because in-store or online, now through September 17th, their fall into savings sale is going on. Up to 30% off everything in stock. If it's in stock, means it is on sale. You can find out more at aqua-tech.ca or pop by Aquatech this week for the fall into savings sale. Shout out to the gang at Manitoba Battery. Got another great weekend coming up. If you are heading out to uh, continue maybe some summer or post-summer fun, you got to have your batteries. And, of course, you're talking about ATVs, campers, uh, anything that maybe cranks up your summer a bit more. Manitoba Batteries got it at the best prices in town with the most convenient service because Donnie and his team are going to uh, deliver it to you anywhere inside the perimeter for free on any purchase over 60 bucks. And, again, you should might want to be proactive with those car and truck batteries as well. Manitoba Battery, the leaders in all things batteries, shopping local, supporting local, manitobabattery.com. Give them a phone call or pop by and see them at 1026 Logan Avenue. And, uh, hey, Bomber's on the road this week, but uh, I know there'll probably be a little bit of CC being poured on the weekend, especially Saturday night when the Bombers take on the Ticats. Canadian Club is the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And in addition to the great family of Canadian club products, you can find at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart, CC and Ginger, available in cans now, and six-packs at your favorite beer store. All right, let's get Billick in here and get this show on the road. Scotty, what is up, my man? Great to have you back on WST. Scott has himself got... muted here. He's got to unmute himself. That's not well, me. I know people on, want to... I'm muted. 
There you no, go. No, it was me. It was me this time. I jumped in early because I'm, I'm covering news the last couple of days. And so there's a lot of things going on. And I just wanted to make sure I was in and not late and all of that. So were you, uh, were, you down, uh, were you down at the Windsor Hotel yesterday as the uh, uh, venerable former Winnipeg Hotel went up in flames? I was not, but I was watching it. Uh, I was watching it go up in flames. I was, uh, yeah, that's a sad, that's a sad moment, even though that place has been whatever. It's uh, the place used to be a, what do the kids say? Jumping? Lit? Lit is what they say. Yeah. Jumping is what I would say. A lot say, of blues. A lot of blues been played yeah. in that place over the uh, over the years. And uh, Charlie yeah. Chaplin, like 110 years ago, stayed there, something like that. I mean, yeah. This is the big question. I, I know we didn't see it Little Brown Jug last night. Was that because you were at 50 Cent at Canada no. Life Center? No, I was just working all night. So, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to go. I saw all the things from... 50 cent and i was like man i wish i wish i would have went i mean i I mean 50 cents from my youth right like not my youth but like well yeah i mean i i think that get rich or die trying came out in 2003 i think so i was in grade 11 or whatever i mean so many bangers man so many bangers like rap rap has changed quite a bit since i i listen to a a lot of rap still but i don't listen to much of the new stuff because it's all crap and uh but yeah, the old stuff. I mean, that's not even that old either. But I mean, it's not Big L or whatever. But it, it's it's still that it's still it's like classic rap now with all this. I don't I don't know. What, here's I mean, this is like a weird tie. But like so when I when I was like in '90s growing up, my parents would always call music like that they listened to the oldies, and it was like the '60s, right? So it, it was like 30 years before. It's like, what do we call music from the '90s now? Like, is it oldies? Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's a weird. This is your perspective changes as you turn into a crusty old fart, like you are right now. Going, oh, the new rap is terrible. Back in my day, I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. (laughs) I'm not saying it because like all all these kids and you know, and their new rap or whatever. It's nothing that I I stay, I I stay in tune with the streets or whatever. But like, I just, I'm not, uh, I'm not entirely sure that the new rap is actually rap. Speaking so, of anyway. ear to the speaking of ear to the streets, shout out to Isha boy Bruce who sent his regrets to not join us at Little Brown Jug because he was he was at the, not in the club. He was. he was in the Canada Life Center singing in the club. Of course, Bruce was there. Um, yeah. let's uh, you know, I, I want to ask you about um, you know, we got into this a little bit with Marat yesterday. Yeah, we've been talking about the log jam on the Winnipeg Jet Blue Line for a long time, and I think right. it does come from. You know, listen, I understand with fans, and I imagine some in the organization would love to see what some of these younger players can do. But, I mean, it is professional hockey in the best league in the world, and you're not gifted anything. I mean, you really have to earn it and be one of those best players. Uh, I found it interesting as to how long it took Declan Chisholm to sign his deal. Um, And Ibrima said the quote yesterday. We all remember Gabe Velarde coming on the program and, he said, oh, how'd the contract come? He was like, well, last year in the L.A., they just sort of say, here's your contract, sign it. A little bit different this year. I imagine that was sort of the situation with Declan Chisholm. And it is a two-way deal, but he is waivers exempt. And to me, that's the key for Declan Chisholm. I'm not sure. I mean, we asked around at the draft. And again, you know, things change month after month. You know, the recency bias, all that. But there's certainly a lot of fans of his play in the Winnipeg Jets organization but also out. And, you know, if you do put a young player like that on waivers, there's the potential like Johnny Kovacevic last year yep. um, that he gets sniped. And that is part of why the waiver system is built. But 
what are you where are you at right now with the competition for jobs on the blue line and you know yeah. the predicament and listen this is not unique to winnipeg i'm sure half the teams in the league are going to have very very difficult decisions like this to make um but i think it's just a little more bit more noteworthy here in winnipeg because of what happened last year in uh, in losing Kovacevic. And they're a draft and develop team. And at some point, you know, you hate to lose players like that um, without really getting a chance to see what they can do at that level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like, my problem is, like, I, well, it's not even a problem. It's just, I, I look at the defense, I'm like, it's already set, right? Like, who's moving into the lineup? That I mean, unless Logan Stanley has, like, an incredible camp, I don't see it. And even then, I just don't see it, right? Like, I think... It, it's an injury, and, and that's it. Uh, and that, that's the only way that the defense from last year that ended last season um, changes it all. So I, I don't see where Declan Chisholm fits. I don't see where Logan Stanley fits. Uh, I don't see where Kyle Capobianco fits. Um, I don't know where Capo fits. He fits in the well, press box. On, well, yeah, or on the <laughs> or, or on waivers, all last right? year. Like, yeah, exactly. But it's just like, like I, I think – this team obviously believes in its defense, right? And I, I, and I think if if you look at last season, you're like, okay, they they made big strides, huge strides, really, you know, on the offensive side of of the puck in terms of, you know, obviously Josh Morrissey's career year, Norris candidate, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but you know, they just generally they went from like the twenty, what was it, the thirtieth team in the league and in, in in points scoring from from the blue line to. I believe they were finished in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. So, or at least thank in the you, top thank third. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. But, I mean, it was there was a lot of guys, right? I mean, even even Dylan DeMello was having, uh, you know, a yeah. heck of a season. Here's a guy who, you know, if he got 10 assists in 82 games, you wouldn't really bat an eye at it because that's what he does, right? I mean, he's just a stay-at-home defenseman or whatever. So, um, so I, I think they're happy with the way that the, the defense came along under, under Rick Bonus in that sense. But I still think that the defensive side of it left a little bit to be desired. Right. I mean, and, and that's, so that's sort of the right. I and mean, then just like you, you couple that with some contracts that you just, I don't think they can really move. I, I don't, I don't believe they've ever wanted to move Brendan, Brendan Dillon. And, and I think that's been very evident because I think in the last two years at the trade deadline, they could have easily done it. And, and there has been, obviously interest uh, uh, with Brendan just because of, you know, he's played in the playoffs before, obviously his size, those types of things. Um, but I mean, I think, I, I think you just like, if you would move a contract there, I think most people would agree that you'd probably want to move Nate Schmidt's contract because of, but it, 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 I think there's a lot of juggling that goes along here, right? I mean, you had to convince Nate Schmidt to come to Winnipeg, wave his no trade, all that kind of stuff. Right. Paul Stasny was a big part of that. Trying to, trying to get that done. They're just gonna like again. We're, we 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 work in an environment here um, where it's very difficult for this team to attract players um, in free agency and all that kind of stuff. And you know, if if you become sort of Vegas like and just like, well, you know, you use them for a couple of years and then toss them around, like it's just it's just a different you know it's a different atmosphere here on how you kind of deal with teams. Does it hurt maybe the on ice product possibly? Yeah, I, you know, I, you know, I think, I think, I think what it does hurt though is you have like this this log jam of players, and and we've seen it, right? Like, when look at Leon Guanke, and and like, you know, players get upset all the time. But I mean, we've had we've had Billy Hanala, we've had Logan Stanley, uh, Sammy Niku. Although Sammy was is a different story, 
Um, Blanca, as I said, I mean, Jonathan Kovacevic got claimed off waivers. I mean, there's guys that either wanted out, expressed frustration with not playing or whatever. I mean, I look at a guy like Billy. I mean, here's a guy in the 2019 training camp, and we've talked about this many times, was, I mean, there, there was a lot of people thinking that this guy could play right now. It showed over time that, you know, he obviously needed seasoning in the AHL or not, but at what point are they going to give him a shot, or are they even going to? Like, I mean, again, where, where does, if I'm coming into camp as, as Billy Hainal this year, like, where am I ever going to find a way into this lineup without a without an injury occurring? So, like, that... that it's just, it's just, I don't, they're, they're not going to do anything about it. I think that's clear. I, I think, you know, they're not moving on from Neil Pionk, even if he's had a down year and, and all that stuff. So I expect a lot of the same as last year, right? I mean, I, I don't necessarily think that means that the defense can't improve or, or they can't take an, an, another step offensively or whatever, but I, just the personnel is not changing at this point. And, and I think that was clear early on. I think it was pretty much clear. Uh, you know, halfway through the summer when no when no moves were made or nothing. Yeah, happened. yeah. And, and listen, I mean, you know, I think there's still. I mean, occasionally there are moves made in and around training camp, potential deal sure. here or there. I mean, the it, it, the onus is on Billy Chisholm. And Billy's in a tough position because he's he's not. He can't be put on. We can't be claimed on waivers. So yeah, it's even more a bit of an uphill battle. But at the same time. Um, and again, I go back to this all the time. This is professional sports. The job of the coach is to put the players on the ice that he feels that gives them the best chance to win. And until it is quite obvious that those guys are flat out better than the guys that have been in the lineup, they're not going to be in it. And and listen, for Billy, it makes no sense to have him as a seventh or eighth defenseman no. sitting in the press box at no, all. And, at all. And, and hopefully he... You know, things big picture and between the agent and the uh, and certainly the organization, you know, they uh, they have him understand where he's at. Um, but again, I think they'd love the problem to have a guy like that just be lights out and, and prove that, you know, hey, listen, you can't afford not to have me in the lineup because if you want to yeah. win games, I make you better. And listen, I think it'll be really interesting to see how the preseason goes, uh, the exhibition opportunities for those young players. But um, it is funny how this is a pretty much a very similar conversation that we've had before without some of the player movement that we thought might loosen things up a little bit. I mean, yeah. those are the young guys. Logan Stanley's in a little bit of a different situation, Scotty, in he that is. he's guaranteed to get picked up, in my opinion. If he's put on waivers, someone's taken him. The organization's put a lot into him, a first-round pick, um, you know, the amount of time and nurturing that they played him. And certainly, mm -hmm. by all accounts, a good teammate and a guy that, you know, really gets along well with everybody else. But he got passed. Yeah. And he got left behind last year. And he only ended up in 19 games. Yeah. Um, to me, if there's one player that absolutely has to show up at camp looking like he has raised his level of play, if he wants to be in this conversation here in Winnipeg about regular playing time at all, it, it, it's Logan Stanley. And I'm not sure how that ends up. Um, and I know there's a lot of, he has a lot of detractors. He certainly has some fans as well, somewhat of a polarizing player. But, you know, for all the things that we just said about the younger defensemen, 
I mean, it, it, this is a, an absolute crossroads season right now in this organization, and some would say in the NHL for Logan Stanley, although a guy like that, as I mentioned, is still going to get another chance or two if it's not here in Winnipeg. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's a first-round pick, right? And so I think, I mean, even if he if the Jets didn't trade up for him um, that year, I, he was still going to go in the first round at some point. And, you know, I think there's, a, there's an element here of, you know, GM doesn't really want to admit wrong, you know? Like, I mean... Admit that you got this one wrong, right? I mean, I think that's just an ego thing, that sort of thing. There's a lot of gyms around the league that that don't cut bait on some of these guys, but I mean, it's it's been it's been a long time for Logan, and obviously, you know, injuries really hampered him last year. It was tough to get going, and he got going, and he played a couple of good games, and then he got injured, and and so you know, but at the same time, I mean. I mean, we, we don't like to blame injuries, but I mean, we, we both watch the NFL and that sort of thing. And injuries like uh, often uh, lead to, to players taking an opportunity, other players, and then you just never really look back. And I think that's exactly what's happened with Dylan Sandberg. Um, and, and there would be no reason not to, to uh, there's no reason to, you know, look over your shoulder anymore. I mean, Sandberg is the guy. I think Logan Stanley is a fine, you know, seventh guy. But even, but even then, I, you know, I'd be curious to see what they're going to do with Logan and when it comes. Because, like you said, you don't want to lose Declan, and, and you don't want to – does he go on waivers? I mean, I mean, that's that's the one thing I wonder. I mean, I think if they could have traded him by now, they probably would have. Like, I, I don't know. what, what Unless the Jets offer or they ask is is just too ridiculous at this point. Uh, for other teams to kind of and and obviously the the body of work from Logan Stanley isn't enough to well I don't even know what you're trying to get for Logan Stanley are you just trying to recoup a draft pick um you know I, I could imagine the Jets when I mean, we hear a lot of times how how much they they ask for some of their players and fair enough I mean I, you know you should always you should always ask for the moon and then then figure out you know from there right but yeah I I don't know I mean I I think I mean to me I think you've got to start looking at some of these guys I, you know, one thing with the defense is like, if they would have went into a full rebuild this year, and you know, obviously they haven't, and they're not going to. You know, I think things would have changed drastically for for a lot of these these young guys. But yeah, it's just not going to happen this year. And I and I don't know. I mean, Billy, like you said, is is one of those guys where, yeah, I mean, being being able to go on waivers and not being able to get picked up off them really hurts them, and 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 especially on this team that has just a just a glut of defensemen. And, you know, I, I think, you know, Kevin Shovelayoff will tell you that that's a, it's a, it's a good problem to have, but it, it, it becomes a problem eventually when either guys just get pissed off and, and one out or, or, you know, you just don't have a choice and you've got to put somebody on waivers and then you're just going to lose a guy. And like, I understand that I have a, I, the problem was asset management last year, right? Like this team talks so much about asset management and, and and has always kind of fought that, and then you just let Kovacevic go for nothing. And I get it, but like you barely. I mean, but the thing is, like at that point, at that point, I mean, that was listen, that was a calculated bet, I guess. But I at guess. a certain point, if a guy is tenth on your depth chart, which is probably around where Johnny was last year, sure. I mean, what are you supposed well, to where's do? Where's Declan right now? Like, is he not ninth or tenth? I mean, at this point, like well, I, I don't I know. I mean, that that probably you know? that probably is, is the case, and you know, and I think we look at. Like, I mean, the one thing that Declan, unfortunately, in his case, doesn't have that he maybe has had to battle more and prove more is he doesn't have that first-round pedigree. 
that Billy Hainala has, that Logan Stanley has, and fairly or unfairly, first-round picks, you know, are assumed to get that sort of yeah. chance as an opportunity. But, but to not, me, but they're not doing that either, right? Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, whether you got first-round pedigree or seventh-round pedigree, those guys aren't getting into the lineup, right? Like, I mean, it doesn't matter, right? And so, yeah, I, it, it's. I can imagine how frustrating it is for some of those guys because you're just like. There's nothing, even if, even if I, like, if, like, Billy came and shot the lights out in training camp, I still don't think that he makes the team because there's just no room for him. Unless well, you make did, a trade. Let's well, we'll put it this like, way. How how did that, uh, I mean, I think they can look at uh, Dylan Sandberg as an example of a guy that just went sure. in and proved that, listen, I'm better than these other guys. And when he went in, right. he proved that he's belonged in the lineup and continued to play higher up like it's not like that's never happened right and through injury though is where he got his opportunity to shine and then that was it so like i said earlier like if there's an injury and one of these guys comes up that's their chance right i mean that's the way to do it but the problem sometimes is like well who's the first guy going in with injury if they're not going to move on from logan stanley or even or or kyle capo bianco it's one of those two is it not right like it they both have well, for sure. I mean, I can see, I can see and... Capo, I can see Capo Bianco um, exposed. I mean, I, I could too. Yeah, like he, he, he was um, by all accounts, he was a perfect guy for that role. Like, I don't yeah. think they wanted any, and I don't think even this year. I mean, like, let's say they're really worried about losing a Declan Chisholm, and there's not a spot for him to play every day, but they keep him on the team, and he's practicing and doing bag skates after we're after game day skates, and he's in the press box for a long time. I mean, this is a young player that needs to play. Um, so anyways, I mean, listen, it, this isn't really a new conversation, but it will be, I think it just points to the fact that these exhibition games uh, are opportunities, but also tests to see where guys are at the beginning of the season. And if anyone can go in and play their way into a very, very difficult decision for Rick Bonus and his staff and Kevin Sheveldayoff as to who's on the club and then how they're put together. Uh, young stars are coming up um, in uh, on the weekend in Penticton. Really interesting to hear. We've got some clips that we'll play a little later on from Colby Barlow as well as um, as Chaz Lucius. Yeah. Um, I mean, me personally, the guy that I'm most excited to see just, you know, against some of this competition is Elias Salmonson, who, in my opinion, and I we're talking about Chisholm, we're talking about Vili. Big picture, I think he's the number one defense prospect in the uh, in the system. But uh, what are you yeah. going to be looking for in particular from this group? And, you know, organized activities, the results don't really matter, but a very good chance for these young guys to, you know, get the confidence up and get ready to prove themselves when uh, the big boys show up for camp next week. Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously Salamanson is, is, is an easy choice because to me, I, you're, I, 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 I agree. Like, this is a guy that has that right shot, that coveted right shot, that plays the right side on defense, and the Jets don't have a lot of depth there. Um, and so that's, I think he's, yeah, he's right up there on the top prospects on, on the blue line. So watching him, seeing where he's, I mean, you know, he battled injury last year, Mr. World Juniors, that sort of thing. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see him play, and I, and I, I just want him to hear, I just want him to see him play on, on the North American ice, right? Like, you're playing over there in Sweden. It's just a different ice surface, um, and so I'm interested to see how he kind of plays more in a more compact kind of area. Um, obviously, Brad Lambert. I, I'm, I'm interested to see because he looked so good last year, Lambert. I'm wondering how much better he looks 
this time around, right? Like, I mean, I think the one thing that we all liked about watching Brad Lambert play, even in training camp when he was playing the actual NHL exhibition games, was he was very, very good against, um, let's say, uh, younger players like himself. Um, but as soon as, you know, rosters got a little more veteran heavy and that sort of thing, when he played against those rosters, it was a little more, it was difficult for him. Um, and, and so I, I'm interested to see, I mean, that, that's more of a training camp thing, I suppose. But I'm interested to kind of see where he's going to end up this year um, in terms of how, how much he's kind of progressed over the last year, even though he played the majority of the season in, in, in junior. Um, and Chaz Lucius, right? I mean, I, you know, I think we've, there's been so much hype about Chaz Lucius, and I think it's died down a little bit now because of all the injuries he's had. But this guy is, you know, he's coming into camp, he's healthy. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to watch him kind of play. And also that, you know, a sneaky little uh, ad addition this morning of uh, Connor McLennan from the Winnipeg Ice. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Connor McLennan, but it, it's interesting. Like, people talk about his size and all that stuff or whatever, but he's such a plucky little player, right? And, and that's the thing about Connor McLennan is that, like, he's, I, I've always enjoyed watching him play because he's very much just, you know, a lunch pail type of player. And he works extremely hard and, but has a knack for like the net, right? He's got a nose for the net. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Do you compare him to a Nick McCann? Do you compare him to uh, Adam Brooks? I, I, mean, I, I listen, don't know. But... You know what? You're, those, those might be fair comparisons. I right. mean, and we'll see. Listen, there's a lot of guys that, you know, are underestimated that get to the pros and it takes them, a, the path is different, but they yeah. prove themselves. I mean, certainly when you look at what he did last season, I mean, 46 goals, 46 assists for 92 points, scored 43 and 62 the year before. And listen, when it got going come playoff time, he had another 14 goals in 19 playoff games. Listen, he's not going to be in the mix for a spot on the Jets, obviously. No. But this is a player that I think absolutely might be able to find an opportunity in the organization. Some significant playing time with a young Moose team next year. And, you know, if that is the case, even if you're on an AHL deal, um, you're working towards that opportunity because let's face it, this team is going to look very, very different in two years and in three years up front. Um, you know, we're going to see an influx of young guys like a Rucker McGrory and probably Chaz Lucius and Brad Lambert. Yeah. But as that, I mean, you know, he might be able to play himself into at least being an option right now. And I'm with you. I, I listen. I, I really liked him playing for the Ice and. I would love to see the young guy get an opportunity to, uh, you know, see what he can do in the pros in the organization. Um, and obviously we get a chance to do that moving from the ice, the dearly departed Winnipeg ice to uh, the downtown yeah. rink with the Manitoba moose. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good, uh, you know, start at the dartboard. Right. I mean, I think that's, I saw that on Twitter today. Somebody said, you know, it's just a good toss in the, you know, are you throwing, trying to throw things at the wall and see what sticks? This is a good one, right? Like, this is a good one where I think he's been passed over. But you, whenever I talked to Connor McLennan with the ice, like, there always seemed like he had this bit of a chip on his shoulder, right? And not drafted forever. Yeah, You're 5'8". Right? You're so, like, you have to do so much right. more to even yeah. get to the position that he was in with the ice. Yeah. Um, and, listen, and there's only so many Martin St. Louis that, that ever turn out, exactly. right? There's only so many of them. But at the same time, like he doesn't need to be. Like, you, you just you need to be 
better than a Nick Patan. You need to be better than, um, you know, some of those smaller guys. Um, but but if you're, you're going to go in there and play hard, be physical, go to the dirty areas of the ice, you can find yourself in a fourth line role in the NHL, right? You can find yourself as a as a thirteenth forward, and that, you know I think I think that's the realistic options right now for Connor McLennan. But he's got to come in and prove himself at this tournament, right? Like I mean, this this very much feels like a a, a, a prove it type of opportunity for him. Um, he's on an AHL contract right now. He signed one just in March. But I mean, if he signs an NHL contract, let's say even a two-way deal or whatever, um, you know, the Jets are are, are able to do that. I, I think the only downside for the Jets is I think he would have to go to Chicago if they do send him down. Um, so I think that's that's the problem. They wouldn't be able to send him to the Moose. I think I believe that's how it's worked after looking into that this morning. But yeah, I, I just I, I don't mind the, the shot in the dark. I mean, these are things that a lot of teams do every year. Um, and, and he's just, he's basically an invite right now. You don't even have to give him a, uh, you, you have to give him a tryout contract for, for training camp, but he's got an invite. Right. And so, you know, this, again, we talked about the defense and guys getting opportunities. Well, here's one for a forward, um, who has shown really good things at, at the junior level and has just never really gotten his chance to maybe shine or, or at least try to shine, um, uh, you know, at, at the NHL level, even if it's you know, Young Stars Tournament or, or whatever, a training camp. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, Billy, good stuff. Hey, um, we got to run. We're kind of switching this around. Uh, O'Shea's delayed, so I think we're going to bring on Eddie Tate first. But just sure. 30 seconds. I know you're a Pats guy. What did you think of week one? They were right in that football game, they despite a terrible they, start. Like, so this is my thing. Yeah, it was a bad start. Um, I, think they're, I, I think they're good, right? Like, I, I don't think they're... I don't think they're world beaters. Of course, they're not. They're not. They're not the mid two thousands pats or the or, you know the mid twenty aughts, I guess pats. Um, but I, I think they can compete. I mean, we saw Buffalo lose last week. I mean, it's not like it, it was a weird week. Obviously, for good matchup. I, good matchup this I mean, week against the Dolphins. It's, I mean, it's a better matchup, and, and I, I like it. But you know, the Dolphins look good last week. Hey. I mean. But AFC East, how, AFC how, East, how, a little more wide open after yeah. Monday night. I'll tell you that much. Certainly what about, from what about, from Pat's what about, perspective. What about the the old? Uh, it was the AFC West with the uh, your boys there. First place Raiders, know. man. Raiders are in first place. Raider <laughs> Nation, easy, enjoy enjoy yeah. this week because yeah. <laughs> that's changing very very soon. Scotty, we got to run, man. Thanks thing, for doing this yeah, as always. Just shout out to you guys for growing. Um, I, I sent you a text last night, but just wanted to say it on the show that. Pretty cool that you guys hired Connor there. And uh, it's just awesome to see you guys kind of uh, blossoming, let's say. Uh, it's a kind of a, a, a weird word. But, yeah, no, it's cool. I remember the show started. It's been over two years now, right? March yeah. 2021. Yeah, we're like two and a half. Uh, I think this is episode like 624 or something yeah. like that. It's but, no, it's just it's awesome. I remember when the show started, I was still stuck in COVID coverage, and uh, it helped me. These two hours every day were great. And, uh but yeah, I'm glad to see it growing, and I sent you guys, you and Remo, a text last night, but uh, wanted to say it on the show. That, hey, uh, listen, we really appreciate awesome. it, and of course, appreciate all your contributions. Uh, enjoy the Thursday night or tonight in uh, the Will camp. Be. We'll uh, talk next week as we get closer to the real thing. Thanks, buddy. Yep. See you, man. Yep. Right on. There's Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun with us here on WST. So as I said, I think we're going to switch things up a little bit. Uh, Eddie is going to come on uh, in just a few minutes. And then we'll do Brandon a little bit later on. Do you want to check in on the Bombers as they get ready for the Hamilton Tiger Cats? Now, just while we uh, get that all set up, shout out to our friends over at Vita Health Fresh Market. 
Gang, if you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest selection of local products, Vita Health is the spot for you. And of course, you can pop into any of their six locations. But with things getting a lot busier right now, maybe the easiest way is to check out their fully shoppable website at myvita.ca and get local delivery. And guess what? Local delivery right now is free by using the discount code LOCALSHIP. All one word, LOCALSHIP. Details are on the website, but uh, all those uh, great options from Vita Health. Uh, still some great grilling season with those grass-fed bison and beef steaks. Uh, great non-alcoholic beverages as well if you're entertaining. Uh, and of course, things like, uh, well, you know, uh, for instance, healthcare curcumin um, to uh, help you curcumin uh, extra strength, easing pain and inflammation for uh, all you guys that have been getting real active throughout the year. Vita Health. Empowering people to lead healthy lives. Six Winnipeg locations online at myvita.ca. Um, you know, we know Wallace and Wallace are the fencing experts. What you might not know is that they're leaders in overhead doors in Winnipeg as well. And your overhead garage door had lots of ups and downs this summer, working hard to get you to and from, to and from all that summer fun with the family. Well, guess what? It's about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts way more stress on your garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace and Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name. Well, or actually two you need to know, and it's Wallace and Wallace. Um, fellas, as we uh, get into fall, the change of the seasons, how's the wardrobe looking? When you look in the closet, do you think, damn, I got to up the menswear game? Well, if you do, you're in luck. Head on down to F Apparel, and Andrew and his great staff will take good, good care of you guys. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. 15% discount for wedding parties as well. If you're planning the big day, everyone would rather get a great suit from F Apparel as opposed to renting a tux and having it to bring it back at the end of the weekend. Uh, pop by and see them, gang. They're at 190 Smith Street downtown. You can find out more, make an appar- uh, appointment online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And hey, shout out to Nick and Nikki DQ. We're growing, so are they. You know, they've got the great four locations that have been with us since day one. DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Niverville. And congratulations to them on growing because they now have the Pita Pit in Niverville. Delicious, healthy, fast Pita Pit is unreal and they also do amazing catering as well you can find out more by popping in or checking them out on x at pita pit niverville um all right we're gonna hopefully get eddie in here and uh then uh, talk to brando a little bit later on um remo uh just before we do this uh what do you think about this game tonight i know we'll get to it in the uh in the cool bet lines a little later on but uh you know a lot of Vikings fans. Uh, much optimism going into the link to take on the defending NFC champions? I don't know, man. Like, are they, Did they raise the NFC championship banner? Is that a thing, or is that only when you win uh, win the Super Bowl? Um, I don't know. The Eagles, they looked pretty pedestrian. It was a bit of a disappointing uh, game, you know, performance in terms of fantasy. Now, I know that they did win. Um, you know, Number one fantasy pickup this week, Kenny Gainwell. Uh, he is ruled out. And... 
We're going to see what DeAndre Swift uh, and Rashad Penny look like there in the backfield. But, yes, Eagles, their favorite over Minnesota. I think it was a bit of a disappointing finish for the Vikings. Couldn't quite put up the points against Tampa. I think it'll be close, but uh, I think the Eagles are, are a touch ahead here, Huss. At home, first game, you know, home opener for them. I'm going, I would pick Eagles. Will they cover the spread? I'm I'm not sure, but I think they'd have to be, you know, big favorites here, which they are. Oh God. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick look at these cool bet lines and maybe do this a little earlier because uh, we've got some great audio to play a little later on from a couple of the uh, young guys from uh, Winnipeg Jets prospects camp. But this game tonight, it was seven. It was six and a half last night and it's, it's now down to six. For the Eagles, and I'll be honest, I'm on the Eagles, but I'm a little surprised that this number has maybe gone the other way. Uh, overreaction to how lethargic they looked in week one, maybe. But, I mean, man, the Vikes lost at home to the Buccaneers and got absolutely massacred in this similar primetime situation early in the season last year against Philly. I'm not sure anything changes tonight. I do have a uh, cool bet exclusive for tonight if you want to uh, ride it oh it's obviously getting a lot of steam right now because it's just gone under plus 500 but it's plus 480 eagles to cover six and a half eagles team total over 26 and a half so 27 or more points a jalen hurts anytime touchdown and an aj brown anytime touchdown so uh, that's up there dusty's got one as well at plus 200 a little chalkier but still a good one so it's up there and we're going to be talking bombers coming up right away. We made all our picks for this week in the lock shop earlier, just before getting into Winnipeg sports talk. And I think we're going to be riding with some of these favorites. Argos laying six and a half on the road in Montreal against the Alouettes. The bombers, a similar six and a half line as favorites on the road against the Ticats at Tim Hortons field. BC nine and a half point favorites at home against Ottawa. The one real interesting game of this year of this week is the Elks in Saskatchewan and the Riders two and a half point home favorites. Essentially, that says that this game's a pick'em. And in some ways, it probably should be Reem. We remember when the Elks were struggling in 0-9, two of those games were absolute nail biters against the Riders that they just weren't able to get one up on. Um, I'm really interested to see if the Elks can uh, can get that win in Saskatchewan. Um, probably, certainly by the numbers over at Coolbet, it looked that one looks to be the closest game of the week. Yeah, and Trey Ford since uh, coming in, Huss. I mean, the Elks have been much more competitive. They've had close games, but they just haven't been able to close out a couple of these wins. You look at the comeback uh, by Drew Brown and the Bombers. Um, you know, they did win at home last week against Calgary, but the week before they were right there and Calgary had that crazy comeback led by Jake Mayer. And um, sorry, Edmonton, yeah, they beat Ottawa at home. So they've been much, oh, and they beat, home, they, they beat Hamilton streak. too. They've the been, Elks are on a home yeah. winning streak right now. now. This game is in Saskatchewan. But I'm quite interested to see how the Riders bounce back after uh, the abject humiliation at the hands of the Bombers. Um, anyways, I got, <clears throat> got that message dream. Yeah, if you want to get Brando on, we can certainly do that. Sort of just working through some uh, scheduling changes down at uh, at IG Field as the Bombers get ready for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And uh, yeah, if we can't hook up with Ed, not the end of the world, but we'd always love 
getting the latest on the Bombers from Eddie Tate of BlueBombers.com, and you can check out it's, all of what he's got going on over at the uh, at the website. It's kind of funny. Um, you know, last year, what the Bombers had this great performance in the Banjo Bowl and then went to Hamilton, and you remember <laughs> what happened to Hamilton. Dane Evans had the game of of his life. And I know Did that I think for six touchdowns in that game. I know they put up 48. Blacked it out, blanked it out, us. Like trying. <laughs> it's too. Not too, remember that at all. It was too crazy. And I know that um, I think it was Taylor Allen was asking Mike O'Shea if you know, they remember that. It was, I mean, kind of wild how, again, after the Banjo Bowl, they're playing uh, the Tie Cats. Um, and different quarterback, Powell, he's kind of been. Up and down. They did win last week. Tim White's he really emerged with the new quarterback. So uh, we'll see how it goes. They're gonna have to you know keep that foot on the gas because I think there was a bit of a letdown. There's so much hype. I mean they talk about it. I mean the players knew how big of a game was. It's been sold out forever. You go to the uh, you know to the stadium four hours early and uh, guys are in full gear tail tailgating. I mean it's so loud in there and I think it's it's hard to get back up. For another one against Hamilton, you you don't really have a rivalry with, so they're gonna have to you know have to figure out how to you know come out for this game because last year they were totally flat and and got dominated. And as far as the injury report goes, was yesterday Derek Taylor I think said nobody, but they put out the list today. Only two guys on it. Uh, Jesse Briggs didn't practice, and this was this one popped up. Uh, Jackson Jeffcoat says hip injury limited and we know how impactful he is so we'll wait and hear what mike o'shea has to say or i mean it's what day is it it's thursday the game saturday so he was limited Walk i don't know tomorrow hey, yeah we'll see they're just kind of giving him a little bit of rest making sure he's fresh for the weekend just uh, i'll mention this right now and i'm interested to see if people in chat have been paying attention people that are hardcore bomber fans and into the cfl but the rider, rider nation is turning on each other right now. Uh, I got a text, and I'll read this out. I went on, I think it was called the, was it the Green Zone pod? Um, Kelly Kirch, who was uh, the guy that got me on board at Rogers Sportsnet after TSN, uh, shut it down. So he, he, I, went, I went on this, uh, this podcast head after the Labor Day game heading into the Banjo Bowl. He said, hey, Andrew, thanks for coming on that last week. You sure know how to draw some heat from Ryder fans. It's funny. They accused us of being turncoats and closet bomber fans. And then I don't know if you've seen this dude, uh, Coach Phil. I think his Twitter, yeah. his X handle is Coach Phil Reacts. Really love of some of his content. He was he was repping the green. Um, I think he met Willie Jefferson and did a little video on that. Was really fired up about, about that. Well, guess who's all over Coach Phil Reacts? None other than the voice of the Riders, Ballsy. <laughs> Another chapter in the insane, insane story of this guy. As I said, I'm convinced the Riders, when DT was leaving, just did an online contest to find out their most hinged, craziest fan online and then put a microphone in front of them but uh yeah the rider nation is turning on each other and i can't tell you what oh coach phil was on bonfire last night right on i'll have to check that out but yes comet it is mutiny <laughs> it is mutiny in rider nation and i'll tell you what 
The Elks could absolutely win this football game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So, um, anyways, all those lines are up at Cool Bet. Check out tomorrow's lock shop for our best bets for the NFL Week 3. We like Philly tonight. And uh, as they say, Dusty and I have a couple exclusives if you want to have a little fun with us. Um, all right. Remote. Uh, we, we're kind of scheduling all over the place right now. Um, but it's not a big deal. We were going to save this for a little later on. Um, but this will actually be good before we talk to Brandon because we will get into the Young Stars. I want to get to Chaz Lucius, but why don't we hear from Colby Barlow? And again, thanks to Dave Manuk of Illegal Curve, who uh, did a great job getting all this audio. Um, Colby Barlow was such a big hit, and he and, of course, his running mate, Rucker McGrory, at the Young Stars camp when the vibes were so high in Winnipeg earlier this summer. Uh, now it's time to get to work. And uh, Colby Barlow met the media yesterday, and uh, talked about what he's been up to since we saw him last at the beginning of July. Here's Colby Barlow on his summer since being a first-rounder for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, summer is fun. Obviously being back in Aurelia, friends and family, just kind of spending time with them, and then uh, down in Toronto training. Um, you know, that was Monday to Friday every single week, so that was uh, pretty intense, but it was good for me. So it was overall, you know, busy, busy, but good summer. What's the mindset going into an event like this? Obviously, three games and four days. A um, couple skates here before you go. Uh, I guess on a personal level, what do you hope to accomplish? I think just going in with an open mind. I mean, um, you know, it's just just as much as I can learn, as much as I can take in from the systems and everything they're trying to teach us, and try to apply it to the game, but also do you know the things I'm good at, and um, you know, just try to be the best I can possibly be out there. This must be a pretty exciting time of year. You kind of gear up all summer for this, but you've got this, and then obviously main camp next week. I mean, just where is your level of excitement on kind of what's coming up? Yeah, definitely so excited. I mean, it's uh, it's a great opportunity to be here, and you know, not just myself, but everyone in there is excited. So it's just it's great for everybody to show uh, show what they got and then give it their all. All right, there's Colby Barlow, Jets first rounder, and uh, you know, I mean, Rebo, I am so pumped to see you know him play in a Jets jersey. We saw all those highlights of Owen Sound attack, and my God, can this dude shoot the puck? I mean. But if some guys that have come through this city that have been able to shoot the puck in a big way, I'm not sure we're talking about Lion ask, but man, 46 goals in 59 games tells you the story. It'll be really interesting to see what he can do, uh, both in the Young Stars tournament, but especially in some preseason action, which I imagine he'll get uh, he'll get into. And the biggest takeaway from this Colby Barlow availability is he is 18 years old, hustler, born in 2005, and yes, Spency in chat says... That 18-year-old has a better beard than I had at 30. I think he is my my dad now. He what he played on a line with Chaz Lucius and Nikita Chibrikov, and Dave was telling yes. telling me today. Even Chibrikov's like, I can't believe this guy is 18. Look at him; he looks like a man. And we talked about that after the draft. So there's, I mean, there's. Well, here, why don't you throw a uh, throw uh, number three on uh, because uh, he talked about bringing the energy and, of course, playing on this line, you know, that it looks like uh, they'll go in, into a, a prospect's tourney with Chibrikov and uh, and Chaz Lucius. Just try to bring as much energy I can to the ice at, at all times, whether that's, you know, just a big hit, blocking a shot, just even using my, even using my mouth, just kind of being loud, being vocal, um, just trying to do anything I can, you know, bring the energy up, and it's definitely something I'll be, uh, be doing over the three games. 
and it's a, a pretty good line to be working with too you know if, if they keep you and Chaz and Nikita together yeah for sure it was fun being out there with them today I already learned a lot from them so uh, yeah they're two they're two great players what have you noticed from them uh, you know in terms of whether it's Chaz playmaking or Chibrikov with a shot but what are some things that have stood out to you just how quick they are with everything and you know how fast they pick it up and um you know, like you said, the, their playmaking and their shots, it's, it's pretty elite. So it's just fun to be with that and then just kind of mesh with them. All right, Colby Barlow, uh, a little bit more from Colby. Um, let's do four and then we'll uh, get to, to two at the end. But uh, Barlow also just talked about his expectations for main camp and his first chance to, uh, you know, be a part of the, uh, the NHL experience. Yeah, I mean, I just come with an open mind. Like I said, I'm here to learn, um, learn from the pro guys, learn from, from all the coaching staff and everything they're teaching us. But it's obviously my, my mission to play here someday. So it's, um, you know, just, just doing all I can to make them, you know, make them kind of want me to stay. And, but all I can do is go out there, work hard, and, and learn all the things they're teaching us. How hard is it to be patient? Oh, yeah, it's definitely hard, but it's, it's a process. I mean, it just, just doesn't happen in the snap of a finger, and, and I understand that. So it's just putting the work in every single day, and, you know, when, when your opportunity comes, it comes. All right, Colby Barlow and I. Here's one more, obviously. No Rucker McGrory bringing the energy and the fun to a prospects tournament as he's in his sophomore year at the University of Michigan with the Wolverines. Uh, but they were fast friends at prospects camp, and Barlow talked about uh, – um, you know, he's been running with now that uh, Rutger is uh, not part of the group going out to Penticton. Yeah, definitely my speed, just kind of leaning out, just becoming stronger. Um, so I'm, you know, protect pucks more, move my feet, get get um, going north to south as fast as I can. So those are just a couple things I was working on. Anybody in particular going to take the place of Rutger McGrory as your main running mate in Penticton? <laughs> <laughs> I know we all we all miss him in the room. He brings a different kind of energy, but um, you know we're all we're all close in there. So uh, it would be nice to have Rut here, and uh, you know I, I know he he called me. He's he's getting major FOMO right now, so he's uh, he's back home. But um, yeah, we all miss him. All right, Colby Barlow, Jets first rounder. We'll hear a little bit from Chaz Lucius a little later on in the program, and uh, pretty nice hat, huh, Remus? Yeah, a lot of comments in hat in the chat saying how uh, Colby Barlow's hat there is similar. Yeah, but you're not hat shaming Colby Barlow like you did me earlier this year, chat. Let me. See. Okay, wait. Let's pull it up. Okay, so this is Barlow's hat. I mean, it's a pretty standard Jets hat. It's a Fanatics. It says Winnipeg Jets hockey, and just text with a little Jet logo. And now I'm gonna bring up. That famous picture you tweeted out this summer, golfing with. Hold on, I gotta find it. Uh, golfing with um, Ken and whoever else you were. Ah, I can't find it. The crew, yeah, it's it's a little bit. It's very very similar. Oh here, I have to get I have to get it. Did you find it? Yeah, and everyone is tweeting. Okay, no, yours is so much worse, man. Come yours, on, no you, way. Yours doesn't even have a Jet logo. It's not your Jet logo is on the side. It does on the side. It the does spacing on, the side. on Jets is terrible. No, you, this hat <laughs> is awful that you're wearing. His oh, his is, is legitimate. Yours, why is the spacing so off? I think that's what it is, Hus. The you know what? Spacing that's the, on it's Jets. the camera. It's the camera. Trust me, it is. Uh, Look at this his. It's, his is <laughs> says Winnipeg Jets hockey. It's got the Jets logo. It's close, but his is better than yours. It's 
very close. Well, you... <laughs> your hat... A hat off. Yes, as Connor, as Connor just said in chat, Winnipeg hat talk right now. I'll say this. I would love... Uh, give me a good new era over Fanatics products. That's just personal. But that one's not that bad, despite what all of you bozos were yeah. telling me. His fits him, him way better, too. Yours... I think the fit on yours. Maybe it's the angle, <laughs> which is, is possible, but... That could be. Oh, that was a good round, too. Weber... I was back when I saw one of the worst putts that has ever been putted in the game of golf. Along with my buddies Simmer and Mo, great day out at uh, out at Breezy Bend. All right, um, uh, Ruwiki's going to jump on with us right away. I, I do want to thank our friends over at Princess Auto. Of course, we will talk bombers later on. All of our bomber reports brought to you by the gang of Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Blue and Gold and WST. And the place where you'll find the best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new at Princess Auto. Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, two locations here in the peg. And you can always shop online 24-7 at princessauto.com. Uh, big shout out to our friends over at Consolidated Supply. They've been busy, busy this uh, summer. Uh, but still grinding out as the leaders in irrigation systems artificial turf both indoor and outdoor and of course the exclusive club car dealer in manitoba with an incredible selection of golf carts and similar vehicles all electric and other great options for your property including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens and they're also the leaders in small engine parts and repair uh, consolidated supply has it all for you and your business pop by and see them at their showroom open to the public 1395 Niagara Road East, or find out more online at cte.ca. And a huge tent sale coming to Royal Sports. Check them out on Instagram at Royal Sports Pamina for all the details. But Saturday and Sunday is the annual end of summer blowout, saving thousands of pairs of shoes and pieces of merchandise, all at least 50% off. Get there early on Saturday. I believe they're starting at 10 a.m., It'll be on if you haven't been to one of the Royal Tent Sales before. Make a point of getting down there. As they say, 50% off shoes at least. Racks and racks of apparel. You will not want to miss it. I think I went through what an eight-year period where I exclusively wore shoes that I got at Royal Tent Sales. So uh, <laughs> I definitely can personally vouch for the great deals there. Um, 750 Pemina Highway. And again, get the latest details on everything going on at Royal, as well as the tent sale at Royal Sports Pemina. And hey, NFL's back tonight. We're going to talk about the Eagles with Brandon coming up in a minute. No better place to get together with the gang to watch the big game than your local Boston pizza. I was with the gang down at uh, BP Taylor on Monday for Monday night football. Um, but Thursday night, we got Vikes and Eagles kicking off tonight. Head on down for ice cold schooners world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and more. And hey, if you're staying home, you could always order from bostonpizza.com. All right, let's get Ruwiki in here. Brandon, what is going on, man? Thanks again for uh, jumping on. Sorry to dance around you at the time, but I hope you had a great dog walk, and I hope you're refreshed <laughs> and ready to join us here on WSD. Oh, I'm just happy you guys invited me on for who wore it better. So <laughs> we're very honored to to be uh, the the Kickstarter for the new segment you got there. I'll, yeah. gi I'll give the I'll give the slight edge. It was it was ten nine Barlow in in, in in hat round one. All right, that I, I can I can live with that. I can live with that. Um, 
you know, I will talk football in a minute, but at the end, I want to get your your thoughts on all that. But um, you know, one thing we haven't we didn't get into with uh, Scott because we were kind of focusing on the Chisholm contract and you know a conversation we've had quite a bit about the very packed blue line and the competition for spots. How much of a legitimate competition will there be? What guys need to do? But um, were you? I mean, we've talked for so long about the next captain of the Winnipeg Jets was going to be either Adam Lowry or Josh Morrissey, and I think that kind of went back and forth depending on when you asked the question, certainly to people in the chat. What do you think about the choice of Adam Lowry? And, and were you surprised that it was Adam and not Josh? No, no. I think, like, I mean, to me, it was kind of 50-50. Like, it, it's going to be one of these It really guys. was. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you go wrong either way. Um, the different... It's interesting because they're both different stylistically from, like, a Blake Wheeler or even a Mark Shifley, right? So I, I, I think either one would have been a great choice. I've, I've got no problem with it whatsoever. I know some people were saying, oh, you can't have a, a bottom six guy be your captain or, or something like that. And I, I just don't think that's true. I mean, I think in an ideal world, your best why? player is your captain. Yeah, yeah, why is kind of the, the main thing, right? But I think, I, I think too, it's, it's in a way a statement of where the Jets are as an organization right now, where, you know, they – they're, they're not in a spot like a handful of other teams in the NHL where it's like, hey, the top dogs are our leader and, and that's the scene away we go. The easy choice is made. That's not really an option for the club right now. And I mean, Lowry, Lowry and Shifley really are like day one Jets. I mean, they, especially for a large chunk of the generation, like they are Mr. Jet, right? Like it's the only guys they've seen. Um, so I, I, I think it's great. I, I love them. I mean, Let's face it, too, down the stretch and in the playoffs, I know injuries played a part with the other two, uh, with, you know, Morrissey and Shifley. But down the stretch, who was their best player? It, it wasn't all that close, I think. I, like, I, Adam, Adam Lowry carried this team in the last handful of games of the regular season, and then he was their best player in the playoffs as well. So I, I, I've got no problem with it whatsoever. I, I don't think it's a, an exceptionally long-term thing. Um I don't, you know, I don't think Morrissey's going to take it over, but you know, you, I, I do wonder a you few years go, down the road. You want to go there? I do. I've been waiting all week to talk about this because, I mean, I think you know Adam's got what three years left on his deal. Um, in three years, and again, I mean, this organization does not rush into things, so maybe it doesn't happen that quickly. But I can't help but thinking that at some point in the not-too-near future, um, the young man we just talked to, Colby Barlow, or Rucker McGrory, um, certainly project to be captains. Both captains everywhere they've gone seemingly have all the makeup, and I know we're talking about guys that haven't even been to a bloody NHL training camp yet, um, but that certainly was part of the bill of goods when the Jets drafted both of those players, culture carriers, future captains and uh i'll tell you what if they come into the into the organization playing and being brought in by a guy like adam lowry i think that is a pretty good long-term transition plan for the organization yeah, yeah i mean you play a drinking game with those two anytime high characters mentioned take a shot and you're not going to last another hour like that <laughs> that was basically all that was mentioned with those two guys i mean barlow could put the puck in the net too but with mcgrory it's like captain written all over him so uh, yeah i mean like I, I, Lowry's going to be the guy for for sure the next three years. Who who is, who is it after that? No clue. But it could be one of those guys, and that's that's kind of the nice thing. We'll see where it plays out too. I mean, 
it, that's the tough thing projecting with young guys. Like, I mean, we don't really know a whole lot about Gabe Velarde, for example, but you know, Great if he comes in and kind of explodes and guess what? 27 year old one C captain. Yes. Yeah, I me up for that. Or if Cole Perfetti takes, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of projection, but I just think, you know, with where the, the team is at right now, the roster that they have, Lowry or Morrissey would have been great calls, and 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 I'm a big fan of Adam Lowry and his game. So I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be just fine. I think it'll be a nice break as well from some of the locker room turmoil that's taken over this team over the last couple of years. I think things will be a little more harmonious this time around. And um, yeah, sign me up. I mean, Lowry Morrissey as your one-two punch in the leadership group. I, I don't think you can go wrong with that at all. No, yeah, and I mean, again, you know, whether it was, you know, it is kind of 1A, 1B. You know, we talk about quarterbacks or goalies and whatnot. I mean, they it's 1A, 1B when it comes to captaincy. And again, we've touched on this, but I just, I, I'm interested in your thoughts on the fact that, listen, Josh had a lot on his shoulders last year on the ice, off the ice. Um. And it seemed like when this team was really struggling for, you know, the better part of two months, he was wearing it a little bit. And I I don't know whether it's just the makeup of Adam Lowry, who went through a long personal drought as well and was always there, was upbeat, was talking to the media. But I kind of think that, you know, this might be good for Josh. Still a huge part of the team, huge part of the leadership group. But has someone like Adam maybe shoulder some of that load that would literally be all on him if he had yeah. to see? Yeah, no, I like there's a part of me, as much as you would love to have your number one center, number one D man be the guy, like there's a part of me that's like, you're if a secondary player can do that and then basically like take on that, like it does help alleviate a little bit on, on some of those other guys because it is a big responsibility. I mean, I'm kind of a believer now and, and seeing a number of other teams do this of you know not having a quote-unquote captain and having a leadership group because i think it just it, it, especially in a canadian market it can make things a little bit easier on everybody all around um but i mean morrissey was was trying to carry the team all season long and he dad, dad will did and maybe just collapsed under the weight at the end because the club was just asking him to to basically do everything for them and you know kind of poetically it was lowry that you know took over the load in the last uh, part of the season there. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of what they're doing here. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a great way to turn the page too, because in all honesty, and, and like I said last year, you know, you can take the C off his chest, but Blake Wheeler being in the room, he was still the captain of the team last year. You just like, you, you just, you can't, you can't move past that, right? You can't just take something off a guy's Jersey and say, okay, away we go now. Clean slate. It was never going to be that way. But now this, I think, officially gives the team the opportunity to do that. And I think it's great for Lowry and Morrissey. And I think we'll see some guys that maybe we don't expect to step up in a big way and maybe feel more comfortable having their voices heard. Well, and and you know what? And you're right. I mean, I know we're kind of speaking about this team in terms of last year, but Pierre-Luc Dubois is gone. Alex Iafallo was spoken incredibly highly of and uh, obviously Gabe Velarde coming in and Rasmus Kapari. Um and then, you know, there is, listen, the loss of Wheeler. And if you don't think that that will make a big difference in the room, uh, the organization obviously does because they cut a big check yes. to have a guy that on the ice was actually very productive. Didn't he have 55 points last year? Um, he like a, yeah, he was like a low-end, like high-end second-line winger by by the numbers last year. Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously they felt that this was necessary. And I did see Randy D. Shout out, Randy. Great to see you last night. 
I don't understand why 55 retained the A. He was a large part of the turmoil. I mean, you know, people have takes on that. I certainly do. But I'll tell you what, if you want turmoil, you would have had 10 times that <laughs> yeah. if you ended up making that, uh, you know, making that decision. And, you know, we'll see what Mark's, um, you know, how Mark sounds, what he has to say when he gets here. And obviously, the only thing that really matters is how they play on the ice. Um, and uh, he's got a lot to play for this year. And he's got a lot to, I think, prove, you know, reputation-wise in and around the National Hockey League, whether it's for the Winnipeg Jets, whether it's for another team and his services next year. Um, he should be very motivated. And uh, no, I think he's pretty close with Adam as well. That's the one great thing about Lowry. He always, Brandon, kind of seemed like he was that bridge between some of the older, more established veterans and a number of the, the youth and, you know, to a man, players, staff members in the organization around the team. I mean, uh, everybody thought that this was a, was a home run selection. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I know you remember, we probably had the conversation ourselves at one of your visits uh, talking about who's going to be the next captain. And, you know, at the end of January, I mean, I said, slap it on Morrissey right now after that St. Louis game. What are we waiting for? Yeah. But to me, I, I think in what was a very, very tough decision, I think the moment that sealed it had to be that game against Minnesota at the end of the year. That that was the moment where I think everybody knew. Drop the gloves with Revo. I mean, <laughs> it probably did go from an A to a C, which I that's and, and, and he showed up pretty good against him too. So yeah, I mean, I think the whole stretch run for for Adam Lowry. Had had to have played a big yeah, part in it for, for sure. sure. And yeah, so like I I really don't think they could have went wrong either way. And you're right too in the sense like, just from a personal perspective, I would just be so sick of here like Shifley without an A, just that being a talking point all season. It's almost oh, like just no. give him the A so we can avoid it. Like <laughs> it might not be the best way to build a leadership group, but I I, I just would be so sick of talking about that thread line throughout the season that I'm I'm kind of glad that they did that. Yeah, you know, it, it would have been, been it would have caused way more problems yeah. than it solved. I think that's yeah. the easiest way. That's the easiest way to put it. And uh, and listen, I mean, I know I've been critical of Mark, um, and you know, have talked about the options of the organization. But listen, I mean, if this guy's coming back, they need the best out of him. If they want to do what you know, they want to compete. They want to be a great team, and it is in the best interest of the player and the team to be on the same page to go out there and have an awesome season and. Uh, I mean, I'm going to kind of put a moratorium on some of the takes that I've had over the last little while because, hey, it's a new season, and let's see what happens. And, I mean, we'll react to it as it goes. Um, But I think, you know, having – listen, I think having Adam Lowry as the captain puts this organization and this team inside the locker room in a very good place to manage and handle however that Shifley situation goes forward and uh, certainly on into next year. Brandon Rowicki with us from Skates and Plates here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Real quickly, uh, before we go, I got to ask you about the uh, the Eagles tonight. Um, taking on the Vikings, what did you think about week one? I mean, uh, I thought that was a pretty lackluster win, especially when they got out the way they did. And uh, that game was very much in question um, late in the fourth quarter. It was the perfect Philly sports win because you pick up the victory on the road against a good opponent, but you can bitch about literally everything about the entire team. Like it's the, just the quintessential Philly sports victory. So I love that. The phone lines um, are open, Eagles fans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a really easy week in Philly sports talk radio. Um, yeah, I mean there there's some holes with this team. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, 
I mean, the one thing and and what's always a big determining factor in successful football teams is their their line play is maybe the best in the NFL. So like they're, they're they've still got a really really high floor, but I'll be intrigued in this game because New England took advantage of it. Um anybody that's got TJ Hawkinson on their fantasy team or is looking for a TD prop bet, um the linebackers and safety the, the Eagles literally just ignored that position this offseason. And it looked like it in week one. And if Mac Jones can take advantage of it, then I, I'm, I'm a little worried that Kirk Cousins can take advantage of it too. But having said that, O-line's going to be a big issue for the Vikes in this one. And it's kind of hard to ignore the absolute throttling that the Eagles gave the Vikings last year in a primetime game in Philadelphia. Um, so there's definite, there's definite holes and concerns, but I think there's a little more on Minnesota's side of things right now. Oh yeah, and um, the Vikes, yeah, this is a, I mean, losing that one to Tampa, that's that's a nightmare start. They're going to be in a bit of a hole, I think. We'll see if they can they can dig themselves out of it. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about this one. The guy, and again, I didn't watch a ton of that Eagles Pats game. I was in the bar with you know five different games on. We were paying close attention to it, but. Um, that was it, Jalen Carter, the guy that they picked in the first round. He looks like an absolute. Well, he is a menace to society off the field, but I think he's going to be a menace on the field as well. I mean, that line. This could be a long night for Kirk Cousins. I guess is what I'm saying. I hope. I hope he's paid his insurance premiums. <laughs> yeah, especially with the backup center going in. It's a, it's a little bit worrisome there, but uh, I mean, yeah, Carter Carter's legit. I mean, that's I, there's a reason why he fell the way he did, but it's kind of it's a little early. But I mean, Warren Sapp fell in the draft too, yeah. and um, that that worked out pretty good for Tampa Bay for a number of years. It might be <laughs> might be a uh, Warren Sapp 2.0 with Carter and Philly. But I'll say this too, man: the Patriots' defense is legit. Like, yeah. watch out! Like, uh, yeah, they're going to be a handful. I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team or anything like that, but. We're going to find out. We're going to find out a lot this week when they take on the Miami Dolphins, who look so yeah. damn good, lighting up the Chargers the way they did last week. Brando, thanks for doing this, buddy. As always, great to have you on the program and uh, enjoy the game tonight. I'm I'm riding with the Eagles. I'm laying the point, so uh, hopefully you'll be happy and I will be happy too when we get up tomorrow morning. Love it, love it. Sounds good. Talk to you. I'll get a hat for next week. All right. Yeah, exactly. Yes, we'll do. Yeah, we'll do, we'll discuss the pros and cons of some of the headwear in and around here. Um, right on. Um, let's uh, do a quick transition because uh, very, very appreciative of Ed Tate on a very busy day down at IG Field to uh, make a little bit of time for us. And the schedule's been all over the place. Brandon was real cool and. Uh, we got a football game on Saturday before a bye week. And then uh, I think the game everyone's looking forward to Friday, September 29th, the Argos and Bombers here at IG Field. Well, let's head out to IG Field right now and get a little update on the Bombers as they head to the hammer with Eddie Tate of BlueBombers.com. Edward, thanks so much for making a bit of time for us. How are you today? Fantastic. How are you, Huss? Uh, great, great. We had a real fun time last night doing a... Uh, a little sports trivia event down at Little Brown Jug, and uh, we got some NFL action tonight and Sunday. But of course, big big CFL weekend, and uh, you no know, interesting. I mean, the top three teams all big favorites. But when we focus in on this Winnipeg game, um, listen, I mean, I Bombers couldn't have looked any better last week. But this is a very different game, and I can't help but remember their visit to Hamilton last year in the same situation. And uh, 
I wonder how much that's been mentioned in and around the locker room by the coaching staff heading into Saturday. Well, I'm not sure about the coaching staff, but I can tell you how so all the players have talked about it over and over again uh, this week. There's, you're right, the similarities are unbelievable. The Bombers last year came off a big Banjo Bowl win, went into Hamilton leading into a bye week, just as the same as this time, and got just smoked by the Ticats last year. And, that, you know, it's funny that you think this team only lost four games last year, including the Grey Cup, but it, that seems like that one in Hamilton sure sticks in a lot of craws around here because you didn't even have to kind of poke to get that kind of answer. Guys have brought it up repeatedly that they don't want to fall into that trap again last year, and that's sure what it felt like looking back now at that last year. They went in against a Ticat team that was struggling, the quarterback at the time, Dane Evans, you know, you know very, very quick his own play and all that and so it just seemed like it was setting up for a, another blowout win for the Bombers and they went they were just awful in the especially in the first half of that game and so again yeah a lot of warnings did he, about, six, did he have six touchdowns in that game I'm gonna say five but it okay. might have been six I mean it was he, lost. he looked like Doug Flutie in that <laughs> yeah. game he was unbelievable he was up and uh, it was they were ripping apart that defense and it was just sort of where did this come from from both from the Ticats and from a Bomber perspective um, this is um, uh, you know, one thing that the Bombers do have going for them. And again, I touch wood every time we talk about this on this program. But for a team to be this healthy at this point in the season is very, very rare. That being said, you're still missing Janarian Grant, who's such a is such a difference maker. And man, have we seen that over the last month or so. Um, although the special teams wasn't as much of an issue. Uh, as Remus mentioned, the best way to handle punt coverage that needs improvement is to never punt, which uh, pretty much is what happened last, last Saturday. Well, it's funny you say that because their game and it was inside the final minute, right? They had it scored on all of their possessions. So it's like us one blight on a, on a perfect uh, performance. It's like finding a zit on the Mona Lisa, right? It's like there's this masterpiece and yet, Punt with inside the final minute. To, it's the one possession they didn't score on last week. It's crazy. That uh, that game, I mean, uh, was uh, was everything Bomber fans wanted and more. Um, and I imagine you're around the team, Eddie. Uh, I imagine it was everything the players wanted and more, especially considering what happened at Labor Day out in Regina. Well, there was so much emotion going into that one. Huss, something I touched on earlier this week in a story. Uh, uh, apparently the post-game speech from Zach Caleros after the Labor Day Classic really lit a fire. Drew Wolitarski was just telling me about it again in the locker room just now. Uh, so he get up in front of the room. They lost in overtime, you know, about the headbutt from Pete Roberts and everything. So he's got a lot of reasons to be steamed, but he got up and he pointed the finger at himself. And this isn't acceptable. And, and he doesn't do that very much. So everybody kind of snapped to attention and I thought that focus led into the Banjo Bowl practice week. And then we saw the results, especially on offense, but no slate against the defense. But, man, they came out firing. And it's, what's weird about this week is uh, Zach said it, Buck Pierce said it, a few of the other – Nick Dembski I talked to just now, they talked about the plays that they left on the field out there, the mistakes they made. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? You had six touchdowns and six possessions in the first half. What do you, when you're watching the film – what could you possibly find that was a flaw? Like somebody didn't have their shoe spatted right or their shirt was undone? Like, come on, man. 
But that's the standard that they start to expect from each other. And as Buck Pierce said yesterday, they watch that game film and they think, boy, we should be able to do this more. We should be able to do this every week. And so, I mean, that's setting a pretty high uh, bar. I'm not sure you can reach it every week, but man, that just says something about the, the, the thought process in the, in the offensive room. They, they don't want to just do it once. They want to do it all the time. Well, I mean, the consistency creates champions, and they've been consistently good for the most part. Although, and I'm not sure whether this is just something that came to me, but whether it's even right, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the Bombers lost last year. It you know, There was a couple times, and I believe this Hamilton game was one of them, was heading into the bye week. And, right. and, and here's the thing. You come off this huge emotional thrashing of your biggest rival, um, and then you go in to take a team that's down, take on a team on the road that's down on his luck. Your big favorites. You got a bye week next week, and then you've got a game, a showdown, a Grey Cup rematch. Um, the one game we've sort of been waiting through all this year. And I know you touched on it beforehand, but it does seem like the Bombers are acknowledging some of the things that have happened in the past, as well as a couple games that, let's face it, they didn't start particularly well and still managed to use their skill and talent to come out of it. Um, the focus here is going to be on a good start because I think if this team has a great start, look at anything like they did on Saturday, you know, they can maybe get to the bye week early and rest some guys a little later on. But, I mean, hey, it's professional football. you got to play the full 60 minutes. But it's important to start well as opposed to what the Bombers have done a couple times this year against um, opponents that really weren't in their class. Yeah, that was a storyline last year. You're right, Huss, about uh, this team's performances going into a bye week. It's funny you bring this up because just in our availability with Coach O'Shea a few minutes ago, Derek Taylor, CGOB, asked uh, Mike, he said, help. It was a funny question. He sort of said, help me out here. Everybody's looking at the weeks ahead here with Toronto and then the game in, in Vancouver coming up too against the Lions. You know, how do we get excited about this one? And Mike looked at DT like he had five heads and said, you know, if you, if you don't take this one, the game in front of you, are going to get smacked upside the head. So uh, sort of a lesson learned from last year. There's enough guys in that room that went through this a couple of times last year. They're not going to let it happen again. And so you're right, Huss. Uh, look, Hamilton's five and seven, got a rookie quarterback in Taylor Powell. You know, they're, they're playing better lately. They've got uh, won two of their last three, including a game in Vancouver that they won, which surprised a lot of people. But if the Bombers come out and do what they're supposed to do, get a good start like you suggest, I'm not saying score uh, touchdowns on all six of your possessions in the first half, but if you can get out to a uh, – then you, then you put the foot down on the gas pedal and you take care of business like you're supposed to, then maybe – as this team always talks about, honor your teammates. So maybe you can get some guys that don't get a lot of snaps, more snaps later on in the game. Now, that's a, you know uh, assuming a lot of things go right. So you can never make those kinds of, of assumptions in football. But you know, just on paper, this is a game that Winnipeg should win. And if they do get out to a flying start, then you you start to think about. Uh, it's naturally, you're going to start thinking about the bye week and what comes after that. Now, uh, I wouldn't dare ask Coach O'Shea this question, but I will ask it to you um, because it is sort of looking ahead. But what do we know about, I mean, is there a timeline for Janarian Grant right now? And I mean, uh, it, it, I mean, do we know scenarios? And is one of them a best case scenario about him 
potentially being available at the end of September for that huge tilt against the Argos? That's a good question, Hassan. I wish I had a better answer than this. You know, last week we were excited to see Janarian out running around a little bit. He wasn't practicing yet, uh, but he was running. This week he wasn't running, so I'm not sure if he's had a setback. He has been extended on the six-game injured list, so that's not a good sign. And they did bring in uh, Ronnie Blackman, a receiver who's got return uh, skills. Uh, I believe he was in Montreal's camp earlier this year. And another receiver this week. Uh, Oliver Martin, I think his name is, who has some return uh, abilities too. So um, I'm not sure if I'm uh, connecting dots that aren't there or not yet. But uh, until Janarian Grant gets back on the practice field, at least, uh, I'm not encouraged right now about uh, when he might be back. I thought for as many fingers as we pointed at Jamal Parker for the work in the, in the Labor Day Classic, I thought he was better last week. I thought the special teams were better last week too. So, you know, we'll see if he could take another step. I think there's some skills there. Like Janarian Grant's at an upper level, right? But if you can get capable return turn work from whoever might be back there, I think you'll be a lot better off. And Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com. Eddie, just before we go, uh, obviously practice went down today. What the, What's the schedule for the club? Do they do walk through here and then leave are you guys leaving early tomorrow and then doing something uh, out in hamilton uh, how's the uh, how's the schedule shaping up for the squad yeah the team charter is out tomorrow morning at 9 a.m and uh i don't know what's but uh, there's not a lot of hotels available so we're staying somewhere else t- uh, tomorrow uh i'm not i don't even think there's any kind of a walkthrough tomorrow sometimes they do before we get on a plane but i don't think there's one tomorrow and we're at that kind of that time of year too, where I know they're very careful all the time. Al Couture, the head athletic therapist, about managing their time on the field and that sort of thing. So today's practice was closed. I wouldn't be the least, least bit surprised if they went a little bit, knowing that tomorrow's a travel day and there isn't even going to be a, a, a potentially a walkthrough practice. Well, and this goes back to knocking on wood, but uh, whatever Al and his staff are doing so far this season. Keep it up. Don't change a thing. It's uh, no need to rock the boat. Eddie, really appreciate you jumping on today. Looking forward to that game on Saturday as the Bombers look to get a big win heading into an important bye week and then uh, looking really forward to that next game at home. And uh, by the way, you know, with the early sellout of the Banjo Bowl, um, I know people in the chat have been talking about just how well tickets seem to be going for that game. I mean, uh, we could be looking at another big, big crowd for that uh, return Andrew Harris and the uh, Grey Cup rematch. Yeah, Friday night game in the fall. It, it should be good. I know a lot of people are excited about it. I haven't seen the ticket numbers yet, Huss, but they're trending well, as they would say, in the marketing department. So that's a good sign. <laughs> that's what we like to hear. Well, hopefully the trend of the team on the field will continue uh, Saturday night in Hamilton. Eddie, thanks for your time as always, man. Travel safe and uh, good luck on the weekend. Thanks for having me on, Huss. Have a good day. Good to stop. There is Ed Tate. Uh, you can give him a follow on uh, X at uh, Ed Tate WFP. And of course, read all of his work at bluebombers.com. All right. Uh, again, huge thanks to our friends over at Little Brown Jug. And I uh, got a cool, cool event happening on the weekend. Um, a little bit of a camp out, uh, camp, you know, from 6 to 11. And uh, let me just get the uh, get the the details on this. But it is the generic campout? It's happening on the patio, and it's going to include 
um, camp-themed beer, discounts on gear, and um, should be a real, real neat. I don't know whether they're going to crank some fires out. I mean, obviously, it was so nice out, uh, you know, yesterday. We didn't need it, but uh, that's tomorrow. And uh, by the way, I'm wearing this generic hat right now. They got some really, really great new merch there as well. So check that out. And then the following weekend, it's the biggest party of the year at Little Brown Jug. The Nuit Blanche party. They're shutting down Hargrave. It is going to be a scene. So uh, you can mark that on your calendars as well. You can hit up Pop by See Us at Winnipeg Jets Fan Fest um, during the day. And then uh, head on down and party with their friends at Little Brown Jug for the biggest party of the year, September 23rd. Um, huge thanks to our friends at Breezy Bend. And as we speak at Breezy Bend, our pal Marshall, who came in from Southern California, back home with his lovely wife, joined us last night. He is taking on the task of all time. First, it was Ken Weeb's putting. Today, it is Sean Reynolds' golf game. Might pop by and see the fellas a little later on out at Breezy, uh, but Corey's got them out there, and uh, I can't wait to hear the reports on this. But if you haven't been at Breezy Bend this year, I mean, uh, even if your golf game is a disaster, uh, what a beautiful course right now. The brand-new greens on 7 and 15 are open, and um, it's been an amazing season. If you're thinking about making one of Winnipeg's top private courses your long-term golfing home for you and your family, Get on the waiting list for the 2024 season. You can find out more information on all of that with our pal Corey Johnson at the uh, clubhouse. And you can also find out more online or inquire at breezybend.ca. And of course, a huge thanks to the gang at Aikens Lake. A few more weekends of fishing before Pitt and the gang pack up and head out of paradise for the winter. Um, but much like Breezy Bend, planning is well into 2024 right now with bookings for the Aikens experience. Find out more online at akinslake.com and uh, be in touch uh, because dates are diminishing right now for an ultimate fishing experience coming up next summer. Akinslake.com again or on X at Aikens Lake. Um, Remo, pop in. I just was realizing in the uh, in doing those reads, like at the start, I kind of laughed every time I referred to Twitter as X. It is. Uh, it's actually feeling a lot more normal now. No, I'm not. I'm not calling it X. What a stupid. God. So uh, I'll call it Twitter. I even got a Chrome plugin, has so because I kept. I have so many tabs open, and I would see that X, and I was not used to it being Twitter. I got a thing that changed it back to the bird. I don't have to look at that stupid <laughs> black X you anymore. Actually, sourced that out and went and did that. that yeah, was, here. That's actually um, hilarious. So Twitter, Chrome, Bird. I don't know what I searched for, but I found it. And I don't have to see that X. It's stupid. I'm sick of seeing it. I'm a big X guy. So no. uh, I'm, I, I'm in. I'm in makes, X. I, I watch TV now, like TSN. They have their X handles. It makes me want to throw up <laughs> seeing that black. Follow me on X. <laughs> yeah, saying that is disgusting. So Randy we'll see what D, happens. I feel a hat toss coming. <laughs> no. No, uh, I got. A, I did get a lot of po positive comments though about um, my rant against. Um, oh, dude, it was an all timer. I should post that you maybe on heated. Monday. You were you were heated. I'll post that on, on Monday TikTok. when when people try to watch the Manning cast and they <laughs> yes. can't. But the other thing I like to rant about is um, the board ads. 
Did you see this article today from I, I Greg immediately Wyshynski? thought of you. I immediately you thought this? of you. And for the record, um, I ranted about board ads on TikTok and it got over 100,000 views. So uh, I just, on the Winnipeg Sports Talk, TikTok. I didn't actually share that anywhere, but this TikTok. man knows content. He's a genius here, folks. You got to know what to complain about. Lose your mind on the internet, and then you get likes, you get views. And, yeah, uh, it, it just starts. Uh, it's like a snowball rolling down a hill. I sh- I didn't post. I only posted it on TikTok because I didn't want anyone to see it. But uh, <laughs> over a hundred thousand people saw that one. But uh, here's Greg Wasinski of ESPN saying the NHL has heard your criticisms about the digitally. Enhanced dashboards after year one. They're considering some changes, but rejecting other fan gripes. And looking through the quotes here in the article, um, they called are, the. Are you quoted in the article? No, <laughs> no. It seems like they're putting their head in the sand here. And uh, oh yes, here's the article. The quote from Keith Wachtel, the NHL's chief business officer and executive vice president of global partnerships. It was certainly the vocal minority. There's plenty of folks that think it's a much better viewing experience to watch the game. How you can put that comment out there with a straight face. It's equal to like Randy Ambrosi saying that the stats wasn't a total failure. Like how these executives, I mean, keep coming out and just gaslight you by saying, no, it's great. Everyone loves the digital board ads that don't interfere with watching the game at all. Um, I mean, come on. Good usage. So, good usage of the term gaslight. I never really well, knew it, what that meant. It's um, him saying, "No, everyone loves the board ads." When literally <laughs> no one likes them, no one is asking for digital board ads. But you scroll down to the bottom of the article, and it says, um, "It says that the sales for sponsorships went up twenty-one percent year over year." So these aren't going away. Done deal. It's they're not going away. You know, if they're going to have them, like, don't have them changing during the play and don't animate them. But then that's how, otherwise, you're not good. They're just in the background. You don't notice them. So thanks, like, Enterprise and Tylenol and that toilet paper brand and that laundry detergent <laughs> brand that I saw during the play. So I had never, what, it was Purex? Was that the official laundry detergent of the NHL? <laughs> never heard of it. So actually, one you know, speaking of board ads, one company I don't think we're going to be seeing them. You saw them all the time. Had the worst board ad to start the year, but they switched it during the year. BioSteel. Did you hear about this about BioSteel? Replaced Bankrupt. replaced Gatorade as the official drink of the NHL, and yeah, they filed for bankruptcy. It it, uh, it always struck me the BioSteel thing always struck me as a bit of like a Ponzi scheme or something like that. Like what was it, Zigamanis? Um, uh, Camillary oh, was Camilleri. involved. That's uh, right. So they had a lot of, you know, connections within pro sports, mm-hmm. having at least one pro athlete with it. Um, but the amount of money that they threw around, I mean, they had that biosteel camp. They spent significant amounts of money on sponsoring a ton of athletes. Um, and then they did that deal to become the official thing. I've never seen anybody buy a biosteel in my entire life so i was kind of wondering where the hell is all this money coming from and uh unfortunately it sounds like the bills are due for biosteel yeah as an article in cbc.ca in the first three months of 2023 24 million worth of sales revenue more than twice as much as the same period before but the cost my mind 
Yeah, I mean, I can't believe the sales were that much. The cost, though, $90 million. <laughs> And then the expenses topped $114 million. I, There's so many numbers here, but they, they're bankrupt. And BioSteel, I mean, I saw it at some stores. I, they did have it at Costco, I think. I went with, uh, with Gatorade. That's my, my drink. And, you know, mm. if you watch, I don't know if you watch Shark Tank, but they always say to people trying to enter the drink industry, very ultra competitive. And even if they had Connor McDavid or all these athletes, they're paying to sponsor it. Um, and they're paying to be the official drink of the NHL. They couldn't catch on. I mean, you're getting, it's so hard to compete with Gatorade. And Powerade, yeah, so Powerade who is, is going to be distributed? The, yeah. They're distributed through Coke and Pepsi, and they have the monopoly. Like, BA, BA asking, did the NHL pay a lot to Biosteel? No, 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 bro. It works the other way around. Yeah. They are paying the NHL to be the official sports drink or whatever it is, and that's a big, big invoice that they're getting hit with, and they obviously didn't have the sales to, uh, sales to match it. I did laugh, though, the... One of the rights of summer always was that biosteel camp where you'd get a bunch of those top um, mm -hmm. uh, top athletes. Actually, funny kind of Winnipeg story. Um, Taylor Pischke, former Bison volleyball star and then became uh, the, one of the top beach volleyball players in, uh, in Canada. Um, she was a biosteel athlete. And I believe that is where she met her eventual husband, Capitals bruiser Tom Wilson. So uh, I guess some good things have come out of the BioSteel camp, but uh, I'm not sure what that means going forward, whether this brand is still going to exist, whether someone buys it, whether it repositions. But um, I have always wondered, like, who the hell drinks this stuff and how are they affording everything? And uh, I can't say I was particularly surprised when I saw that news today. Yeah, because I don't know anyone who drinks it. We had it at the draft. They had it in the fridge there. And it was like the first time I had ever had a BioSteel. And it was in that, like, paper packaging. That's fine. right. That's right. We were drinking those. On. I was okay. It was fine. And shout out to a Granny Bomber fan who says, does anyone just drink water now? Well, we know Ken Weeb does. Like, I drink water too. But <laughs> look, I can only drink so much water. I need something with taste. And I need something with, with any of that sugar rush from you know, that you get from those drinks as much as they hydrate you. So... Um, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens here. What what the new, what's the new official? Does Cool Bet have odds on who the new official drink of <laughs> the NHL? I'll talk to Patty. I'll talk Gatorade, to Patty and Jake and see if they can, Prime. Can, uh, I think can get it. Jake Paul's Prime, Prime <laughs> is is the leading is the leading one now. Isn't it Logan Paul? I I don't know. Can't tell them apart. One of them's a boxer. One of them's in the WWE. Like who who knows the difference well, with these guys? I do. One's in the WWE and one's a boxer. Yeah, which Very one? Easy. Which one? And I know that too, but I don't know Logan, which one's which. Logan is the Jake, WWE and Jake Paul is the uh, is the boxer. Oh, and spit. Logan Paul's supermodel girlfriend is getting dragged by every single day by this Dylan Dennis guy on X um, because uh, um, because they're fighting going up and it's very distasteful and. Uh, Anyways, we uh, I do know who they are. I try not to spend too much time paying attention to Here. them. Though. Some other NHL news before we, you want to get to the Chaz Lucius clips. Um, reported today by Katie Strang and Elliot Friedman. Did you see this one, Hustler? Uh, NHLPA Executive Director Marty Walsh and Assistant Executive Director Hockey-Related Ron Hainsey are yeah. in Columbus today to meet with some Blue Jackets as part of the investigation into Mike Babcock 
and viewing of players' phones and photos. So the statement they put out uh, didn't put out the fire. And, I mean, a lot of stuff coming out on social media. Mike Babcock, Frank Corrado, talking about his personal experience. I'm curious what's going to happen What's going to happen here, Huss? But uh, that is the latest. And Katie, yeah, Katie Strang reporting the same thing. It is, it's bad news for Babs, man. This is a disaster for him who really needed, like he is somewhat of a coaching reclamation project. He's got a great resume and all that, but he was out of the league for a few years for a reason. And he came into Columbus with a ton of baggage. And for this story to break before they've even gotten into training camp, that is bad, bad news for Babs. And again, Biz, Wit, those guys haven't backed down at all. In fact, they've doubled down on this. And it is very clear that, you know, despite what the team put out, um, that they're going to look into this a little bit more. Because, I mean, I think there is a worry that there is a real abuse of power, especially for younger players. Like, what a weird position that would be to be put in. Now, that being said, and I knew you were talking about Elliot Friedman's report, I did listen to the new 32 Thoughts this morning, and they sort of started off that, and it was wild because I guess they're in Vegas there for the media tour, and they spoke with, um, they started this off, but basically that was breaking while everything was going on in, uh, in Vegas. So they interviewed Johnny Gaudreau, and, you know, Johnny, kind of similar to Boone Jenner, said that, you know, it wasn't, you know, that wasn't the way that it went down. Um, but they certainly did say they were going through photos and stuff. And I guess the worry for uh, uh, for hockey-related Ron and Marty Walsh, you know, that's fine if one or two veteran players that, you know, were fine. What about the other guys that this happened to, and especially younger guys? And it does it – I mean, the power dynamic is is probably a lot different from a head coach to a star player that's on a long-term, big-money, guaranteed contract or the captain of the team – and a young player like Adam Fantilli, for instance, that just got drafted, or a Kent Johnson, or you know, younger players. So this story is far, far from over. Um, I'm not gonna make a guess as to how it, you know, how it ends up. But I'll say this: that you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some players that were uncomfortable with it, that you know, just sort of went on with it, and if they sort of really dig into it more and speak with these guys either anonymously or off the record. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it's not exactly the way it came out. The truth's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, but for Mike Babcock, Remus, it, it can't be in the middle. He's got to be, he's got to be squeaky clean with all of the things around, um, you know, what he was you know, reportedly done in a number of other spots right now. And the fact of the matter was the guy was such an a-hole that there is a lot of people that, you know, are, are looking, hoping for him to fail and feel that he is a, uh, a bit of a fraud. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe the stuff Mike Commodore has been saying all these years, uh, kind of true. I mean, you had that Mitch Marner report as well a couple of years ago. So, and like, I'm shocked how hard, um, TSN is going on this. You had overdrive guys, saying how weird it was. Dude, dude, yeah. I mean, they're, they're out of Toronto, Ontario, where Mike Babcock spent that time. I mean, the stories are around it. I mean, it is a story that, 
I guarantee you when the Overdrive guys talk about it or when it's on Sportsnet, the viewership goes up like this. I mean, it, it sure as hell ain't bad for business for the people in the hockey media. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, so we'll see what, what comes of this. It's just interesting that, you know, they had to fly to Columbus. They couldn't just do it over a video call. That's how seriously they're taking these allegations and, you know, Columbus putting out the statement, not quashing the fires. Just going back to our uh, previous BioSteel convo, Hess, Chris Johnson just tweeting out, uh, amid today's news that BioSteel has filed for bankruptcy protection, I'm told Connor McDavid's sponsorship deal with the sports drink company recently expired and he has no remaining ties to them. But who's who's Connor McDavid going to sign with now that he's a sports drink free agent? That's what we want to know. <laughs> who's he who's he going to there's uh, wouldn't well, you want him to endorse right drink? now? I would say Gatorade? Do, do I I wonder if the Oilers are a Pepsi or a Coke house. Mhm. Um well, the thing was, because although maybe if you if the Oilers were Pepsi, maybe the Coke brand, which I believe is Powerade. Mm -hmm. I think Gatorade's Pepsi, Powerade is Coke. I don't. I I used to know that, but I don't. Anyways, I'm I'm just joking, just joking around. But <laughs> the whole thing with Gatorade is they didn't or the NHL didn't want to be with Gatorade because Gatorade doesn't care about hockey; they care about NFL and whatever sports. They sponsor. So we're going to be on the case of the, the official sports like drink of the NHL. That's we're going to well, do some. And, and Connor McDavid's sports drink free agency. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a great point. Hey, you know, just while we're talking about this Babcock thing, and I had mentioned it and said that we would play it and we didn't. Um, do you have that Corrado clip? Yes. Let, let's, let's play this because I, I, I know I sort of teased this yesterday and I don't know, we got... We got talking about a whole bunch of other things and actually sort of missed that yesterday. So um, this is wild. Now, Corrado was a a player for Babcock and, um, you know, was sort of on the island, if you will. And, uh, you know, he's told stories in the past, much like many people, of just how poorly he was treated by Mike Babcock. Um, spent a lot of time in the, in the press box. And the way that Babcock in particular treats players that might not be in the lineup is... Um, well, certainly not what I'd want my coach to be doing. Um, but Corrado now, rising star, I would say, with TSN. I mean, I really enjoy his contributions. He jumped on first up with Carlo Koliakovo. Uh, I believe this was yesterday to talk a little bit more about these reports. And um, listen, he didn't get into taking sides or anything, but he had a viewpoint of Mike Babcock that... I think it was a bit of an eye-opener for some people that were just saying, oh, these Barstool guys are just stirring up stuff. So uh, this is uh, this is Frank Corrado yesterday on First Up in Toronto on uh, the whole Mike Babcock situation and he's, his past with Babs. Uh, like, um, there's, there's two sides of this story. Obviously, yeah. there's a reason to believe both sides, but... It's kind of hard to believe. Think that there's somebody out there that would come over you and say, "Hey, uh, let me look at your phone and let me see all the pictures inside of it, so I can get a better read on who you are as a person." How, how did you think this whole thing played out? Do you which side of the story are you on? <laughs> well, listen. Obviously, we only know what what we hear from credible sources. And listen, if if 
Paul Bissonnette is going public with something like that. I have every reason to believe that he got it from a credible source. Oh, 100 percent. He's not going to torpedo his show and his reputation. The guy's no. on a like he's on major television platforms in the United States. He's not going to uh, sewer himself in that regard. Um, and listen, when you see the statement from Babcock and Boone Jenner, it's like the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. And exactly. Boone Jenner's the captain. He's a well-respected player in the league. It's hard for us as outsiders to comment on what we think happened. It's just speculation. I can only speak from from my experience playing for the guy, and my experiences were not great. So, you know, if you're asking me what I think, I'll go back to my experiences with the guy and be like, yeah, I, I don't think you believe he handles the himself yeah, I don't yeah. think he handles himself well. I think he's socially awkward. I don't think he cares about your family. I know for a fact he doesn't care about your family. All he cares about is himself. He's been like that forever. And, you know, like I, I've kind of I've read this three part puff piece that that came out on on Babs recently. And I honestly like my stomach turned reading this thing because he's talking about how he's got a communication plan for every player. No, he doesn't doesn't care about anyone other than himself. So, uh, listen, not my place to comment on what I think may or may not have happened with the Blue Jackets Mm. players. My experience with him doesn't really care about anyone other than himself. And that's exactly how he's going to operate every day, even in Columbus. I played for Tortorella. Tortorella's old school. He will get right in your face and he will tell you you're playing like garbage or whatever the case may be. He tells it to you direct and blunt and you may not like it. My issue and a lot of people's issues with the way Babs does things is he doesn't do that. He doesn't get in your face. He doesn't tell you direct and blunt and and straightforward. He plays these stupid head games around you, and that's what frustrates players. So I think it's important to separate the two when it comes to old school guys. Yeah, old school, in your face, honest. That's no problem for guys. It's black and white. What he does, he dances around it, and it messes with your head. So there's Frankie Corrado, and I mean, that is one hell of a clip. And again, he doesn't go right out and make any judgment because he's right. It is speculation. No one really knows exactly how things went down. But man, Ramis, from a former player to kind of roll out um, his experiences and being so clear and passionate about that, to me, in a very fair way, uh, it, it does not bode well for Babs. And, and and certainly, if we're talking about a guy that had to, quote-unquote, change his ways, and they're finding this out happening before even training camp, there is more to it. It does not bode well for Babcock's tenure in Columbus. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see what happens with this meeting. You know, there's going to be a lot of talk. Do they have media there? I guess Aaron Portsline will be there day one of training camp asking all the questions, so... One thing's for sure, it has started a lot of jokes about, you know, people saying about the pictures in the phone. Great memes. I'm seeing Great it. Memes. In, I'm seeing it in the chat. I mean, we we talked about how he brought in Connor Rabchak. He's coming over tomorrow. I'm, you know, I barely met the guy. He's coming to my house. I'm gonna have to ask him to show me his phone to see <laughs> pictures in there, like get, get a better idea who he is. Gonna no, check in my phone after. Uh... After what happened last night, I mean, not, my, not at Little Brown Jug post night. No, I'm just kidding. I my don't have phone's any all, photos. I mean, my phone's all pictures of my kids in there, but uh, that's what happens when you get old. But um, it has. What happens co- if you ask the guys, "Hey, show me some pictures of your family"? What if they didn't have pictures of your family? Then all of a sudden, that guy's, "Hey, not a family guy, bad guy. We don't want that guy." 
Yeah. I, don't. <laughs> I would say, yeah, if you didn't have any pictures of your family, I don't know. I don't know. Do you even have a family? <laughs> but um, it has caused a lot of uh, jokes and memes of people just posting the four pictures of their phone. Yeah, no, I've uh, I've been enjoying it as well. Um, man, fun show today. Um, shout out to everyone that came out last night again. That was uh, that was really really fun. Uh, and you know we'll get into the Chaz Lucius tomorrow. We'll actually get into a, the the prospects camp a little bit more tomorrow uh, as they head out to Penticton and get going with the Young Stars tournament. And Jamie Thomas is going to be out there. Maybe we'll try and grab JT as well to kind of tee things up a little bit. Uh, but going to be a big Friday show. Ken Weeb can come on, and obviously we'll talk Jets. We'll talk about his big move to the Winnipeg Free Press. Congratulations again to Kenny. And we'll find out if Marshall is actually able to fix his putting and how Rennie looked today out of Breezy Bend. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we'll certainly get into marbles. We'll get ready for the week in the National Football League with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Talk a little bombers, as uh, we just had with Ed. The team gets out to Hamilton for that Saturday kickoff. Uh, and we'll be able to recap tonight's uh, Thursday nighter between the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia uh, Eagles. Uh, it was a fun show today, Remo, and just kind of continuing the fun after uh, everything that happened last night. Yeah, I've got some great, uh, great photos, great event. Yesterday, a little brown jug look to have so many more events. And if you do want to get notified, go to winnipegsportstalk.com. Scroll to the bottom. Good call. Sign up for a mailing list because I shoot her an email. You'll be the first to know. And maybe we'll eventually have more stuff on there. But sign up, yeah, sign up for a mailing list on the website and more stuff coming. A lot of people there excited for uh, the Jets, you know, night out at the Jets games that we have. But we'll do other stuff as well as the season moves on. So it's exciting bringing people together. You know, I see a lot of the same people at the, at these events now that you become friends with and have great conversations. So it's uh, it's been fun, you know, you know, creating relationships with us and people, oh, yeah. but, you know, people who come to them and, you know, now you know them from the next one. So uh, uh, this is awesome. Uh, you know, doing this, us, as Scott said, we're coming in like in two and a half years, almost three which is hard to believe. So, uh, you know, growing, approaching 10K subs on YouTube. So help us get there. Yeah. Tell a it, friend to uh, to subscribe to the channel if they haven't yeah. already. Um, and you know what? Uh, Mary Jane, you're always so sweet in chat. Great show again, Hassan Remo. Sorry I was not able to come to Trivia Night on Wednesday. Hope to come to the next time. It was great to meet you at the Gold Eye game, Mary Jane. And uh, as they say, uh, everyone welcome to come out to Jets Fan Fest. A week Saturday We'll be there. I'm really looking forward to that. We'll uh, do a bunch of video and stuff and uh, obviously be there to uh, talk Jets with uh, everyone that enjoys Winnipeg Sports Talk. And, yeah, looking forward again. Welcome aboard to Connor, but we'll talk to him tomorrow. He's going to be doing a bunch of stuff behind the scenes with Remus, but I'm sure we'll bring him on to uh, chat a little bit tomorrow, maybe in and around before we get going with uh, with the Marble Race. But a uh, big show coming up tomorrow. Make sure to join us live at 1 p.m. if you're able to on YouTube. And in the meantime, tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk as we uh, try and boost these numbers by the start of the season up to 10,000 subscribers over on YouTube. Podcast listeners, we love you as well. Congrats again to uh, How I Met Your Mother. 63-62 to 62 victory over the Young Rabbis. Uh, uh, just a, an epic rivalry that gets better 
each and every time we do this. And a special thanks to Kevin, Cal, the entire crew at Little Brown Jug, uh, and, and, and Lou as well, who was telling me that uh, WST uh, got her through some long days in the combine farming last summer. And uh, always cool to hear about those sort of experiences of people that uh, we might not see daily in the chat, but we know we're making us a part of their day with the podcast. All right, that's going to do it for us. Enjoy this game tonight between the Eagles and Vikings. Tomorrow, um, jump on EST, Edmonton Sports Talk at noon for the Lock Shop, our favorite episode of the week. And Dusty's actually going to be in Regina getting ready to call Elks Riders tomorrow night on TSN. So we'll get things going tomorrow at noon. And then uh, make sure you're right here, Winnipeg Sports Talk at 1 p.m. for a Friday edition of WST. And don't forget to bring your marble. Have a great night, everybody. Oh, my God. Shut it down! Let's go home! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.